Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to another episode of the Married Men Don't Talk show produced by Household Stress. This show is for strictly men only. Now, we have a couple of rules and they are absolutely no profanity, no politics, and no racial stuff. Please remember that this isn't Bible study also. So without further ado, tonight's topic is the blame game. My name is Darren Smith and I'll be your host joined by my co-hosts Rodney Turner and T-Hawk, Tony Hawkins. Uh, this is a fluid conversation, so if you, have, if you have to speak or if you want to say something, please feel free to do something. Oh, I'm sorry, do so. All right, without further ado, let's get started with tonight's topic. Uh, tonight's topic is the blame game, and I, I came up with this topic because I have a couple of people that I am talking to, especially this one brother that got me uh, real um, real nervous. And when I talk to him, he gets me real nervous about potential futures that's in my, my life, that could be in my life. So this guy has four children, and um, only one of them is his biological child. The other three he is raising with the limited hand, meaning his wife feels uncomfortable during the time he made attempts to discipline them. So... My first question is, what sort of impact do y'all think that this technique has on the children when they become adults? Now, they're already grown now, but what impact do you think that him not being able to discipline them as he felt to and his wife holding him back, what impact do you think it had on their lives? So you're saying the dude can't discipline the children because the wife won't let him? Yeah, when they were coming up, he had a limited hand in disciplining them. So he couldn't, he didn't have free reign to do as he felt necessary as the man of the house because his wife would always intervene. These are his biological children? He has four children, but uh, one, only one is his biological child. That's the last one. So his wife had three children before, you know, he married her. Oh, so she dictated her children, pretty much. Not his. Yes. Got it. So what impact do you think that it had on these four children's lives as they grew into adults? I mean, I think that it's going to be a conflict because they see that the last child has probably got it worse as far as discipline is concerned. Sometimes we look at discipline as love, or children look at discipline as love also. So if he was lenient on her kids, you know he didn't have to answer to anybody on his own child. So it may have been mixed feelings, like why does, you know, daddy's a little different with his biological child than he is with us. Just guessing. Okay, anybody else? And what, did they ever... Did the couple ever talk about the fact that he wouldn't discipline them? Like, how did that conversation play out? Do you know? Well, one of the kids went out, and they came back in late. And he's like, well, if they come back in after the curfew, then don't let them in the house. Let them stay out all night. That was mm-hmm. his, his way at that point. And he's like, no, you're not going to leave my baby outside. And his his way was, hey, we need to follow rules. Okay, if they come in, they're going to be on punishment. No, it wasn't that serious. They was only 30 minutes late. 
and okay, it's time for their butt to get spanked because they did something we told them not to do. No, you know, their dad is not here, and they probably reacting or rebelling because they want to talk to their dad. And it was always an excuse to when he wanted to put a firm hand, she would soften the blow. He would put him on punishment. You know, she would let him off when he's not there. You know, he would do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that sounds like that's a problem, man. That's a huge problem. Mm-hmm. So, so what basically, do you think? Yeah. I mean, that basically sounds like that's a woman that don't know nothing about raising a child, if you ask me. And not only that, but she's showing her husband that she don't trust him to make decisions. And then she also showing the kids that her husband is one of the kids. So all the kids got to do is just tell her whatever the husband is doing, and, uh, you know, he's just like one of the kids. She, they just got to tell tell mommy on him. Yeah, and there's some submission issues going there, going on there too, because um, she's not letting him do what he's supposed to do. She is not taking full advantage of why she's got this man in the house with these kids that she done brought into the marriage. So, do y'all think it needs to be a conversation, or what kind of conversation that needs to be taking place when you're coming into a blended family situation when it comes down to discipline? I think there needs to be some understandings on on both parties, on all parties involved. Um, You know, you need to set some simple rules and some simple guidelines. All the adults need to act like adults and have the conversation and not just leave it up to, you know, assumptions. And that's where a lot of us get in trouble. Mm -hmm. I I think that... When you're coming into that situation and a woman's got baggage already, I think that in the dating stage, she's going to say whatever is necessary to achieve that goal, get that ring, Um, because it's the man that she's chosen to be with her, you know, that, that she's trusting to be around her and her kids. And I think that after she achieves that goal and gets that ring, then she can go back to, well, you know, yeah, but, you know, these are the conditions. But I don't think she's going to be honest with the conditions up front because most, most guys are going to be like, nah, I'm not going to come with you and you're bad, you know, what kids, you know, and I can't do nothing about it. So I just think that, you know, when it happens, the women will change the game in like the third quarter. You know, you, all, you, you say that a lot, lot Tony. I, I, I've noticed you say that a lot about, you know, they we're – really marrying the representative and not the woman that we're really going to be married to. You really feel that way or, you know, do you think it's it's just the case in most marriages or mostly all marriages? I'm going to say eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. But, but look, it's not just, I mean, if you speak to a hundred women, a hundred married women, they're going to tell you the same thing about us. So I'm not saying, you know, it just sticks with the women. The men, too, we do change. We, we change as well. We, we have our best suit on, and we have our best representative in there as well. So, so you think that a lot of those changes don't come until after they got the ring? Do anybody else feel that way? Anybody else feel that when you're marrying a woman and when, uh, in the courting stage, you're really seeing the representative and not the person that you're going to be married to for the next 50, 60, 70 years. Yeah, that's 100%. Yeah, I think to some degree, yeah. 
No, it's not. It, I, I, I think it's 100% true. I mean, <laughs> I don't think so. And, and, and here's the reason why, because uh, the person you married to 10 years from the courting stage is going to be a different person regardless, whether hmm. she with you or yep. yep. But no, but, but the, way, the way it's described is it's a trick. It's not a, a, an, an evolving state of mind. It's like, okay, I already know I'm trifling, but I'm going to pretend and put on this non-trifling hat until I get this, this, this ring on my finger. Yeah, see, now, yeah, see now, now we're starting to veer off the original topic. Um, well, not the original topic, but the question about the guy with the woman who won't let him discipline uh, the child. No, 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 no. no we're going to stay on topic, but I just, I mean, that this is important, too. This has everything to do with blame. Because okay. a lot of times... Go ahead. Well, well you... You use you use a very powerful word. I don't even know if that's in the dictionary. I really don't think that it is. I think it's a made up word. Trifling. It could be in a dictionary. I don't know. I've never looked it up. But to me, it just sounds like you know that it's when I hear that, it sounds like it's intentional. Exactly. I don't really I don't really know if it's always intentional. I just think that when we go on a job interview, we embellish our history a little bit. We embellish our job history of where we've been and what we've done. Just a little bit. Just so, And then we get in and we say, you know, but once I get in there, I'm going to learn it and I'm going to figure it out and I'll catch on quick. Because we always And we in, also... But, but I'm a fan oh, learner. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. And, and what we also do, we try to predict. Let's say me and my wife, we were courting or, or dating at 20. We try to predict how we're going to react to something for as long as we live at 20. And then let the 30s get here, it's different. Let the 40s get here, it's totally different. And, and, and so there's that, there's, that, there's that deceitful change, and then there's that change that everybody goes through, goes through that's called just aging and wisdom and perspective. All of those things change as, as time goes on. Okay. Now, some of, of it, yeah, you can blame the person on some some aspects of it. Now, if you marry her, and you know, you know, especially on sex, uh, the week before the marriage, she she freaking you every which way but Sunday. But as soon as you say I do, you don't get none for for the next sixty days. Okay. Yeah. yeah that's okay. Is that is that? Yeah, that's what I was asking. Is that? Uh, that's where the word trifling comes in. That's where okay. the word. Yeah, that's trifling. That's trifling. But now, if she tells you, you know, she can't wait to have children, and you know, she, you know, she's an only child, and then she has three children, and then she tells you, okay, well, I don't want you to discipline the child. Okay, that's something that you may have not even seen coming, and that's something that she may have not even predicted in herself. She could have almost lost all three children during the pregnancy. Okay. So is it is it my understanding that there's no blame to be placed on evolving changes in a person as they age in the marriage? Right. Well, they, 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 it just depends. I mean, it, they, you can't get an absolute statement out, out of these things because we're talking about people and everybody's different and 
there's different factors, different cultures. So I, I don't know if you're going to be able to. I'm just talking about, I'm just talking about expectation. Uh, I think with careful management of expectations and if people actually listen to each other, but they never do when they court, uh, because a person will tell you, you, you just got to be open to, to really see it. Um, you can blame yourself too. As, you know, you, you can blame yourself just as much as you can blame the other person. You can blame yourself for, for omitting the signs. So, you know, Okay, well, if you don't have no signs, you're just going to automatically think that, okay, well, you know, she's not giving off any signs that she's trifling. She's not giving off any signs that she's going to lie or cheat on me. So uh, I'm, I'm going to put the thumbs up and go move forward. If she's not giving me no signs that she's crazy or that she's not going to raise kids properly, she seems like she has a pretty good background and know what she's doing. And then so you go off of those things, and then when you marry into a, a relationship, her views on children completely change. Right. Sometimes. I understand what you're I understand what you're saying, yeah. Or her views on sex completely change. Absolutely. Now, I understand I understand normal changes, body chemistry, uh, you know, uh, diseases set in or you know, illness. Oh, I mean it, it, like it, it could be religion. I mean she could have a new level of newfound religion. She could she could have religion while you were dating and then when she gets married, she may find a whole nother level of religion. She may follow up that says, uh, you know what, you can't have sex with your husband until I say you can. And she might buy into that 100%. Right. It okay. happens. That's true. That's true. So you just well, talk about that's, that's kind of along the similar lines, you know. They're looking at the past and answer a question for them. Can we go? Can we? Mm-hmm. What path say? Oh, okay. I guess we can go. Right. So, but okay. I mean, but I mean, so who's to blame when she, when she rarely gets horny anymore? Well, <laughs> that's a conversation. You know, I mean, if you're not having a conversation with your wife and you all aren't relating on that level, uh, the simple thing to do would be to blame her uh, for a guy, you know, because guys need sex. And, um, the the simple and most linear thing to do would be to blame her. I mean, but then the blame could be you. You may not look like you look when you all were dating. Uh oh. You may have been working out just so you can get the babes, and then when you get married, you let your stomach go. Uh oh. <laughs> and then you say, okay, well she ain't giving me sex like she used to, so she trifling. Uh-oh. And you big as Biggie Smalls. <laughs> you, and you used to look like Ti. When y'all was dating, you looked like T.I., and now you Biggie Smalls, and you're talking about some trifling. <laughs> well, who that blame to that? Okay. Yeah, well, I right. mean, hey, it'd be easy for the dude to blame the chick. It's easy. That's linear. That's simple. There would be plenty of blame going on. He would be blaming her probably publicly, and she would be blaming him privately. Mm. You know, it's funny because yeah, you, you know how our egos are. Our egos are, oof, they're big and they're fragile. <laughs> it's funny you say that a- because we had a uh, we had a call one time and and she expressed that her husband was getting huge and um and 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 he was getting to the point where he didn't want to have sex with her because he was ashamed of his own body. You know, but Hello? he would say that you know you're feeding me. It's, I mean, I'm eating your food. 
Right. That's what I was going to say. You know, she she cooking good. So, but I mean, like you said, I mean, you still have to maintain your body. And I think that that's a great point that a lot of times we think that she's supposed to be still giving it to us when she was, like you say, T.I. size. And now you biggie small size. You know, mm-hmm. sex is one of the greatest reasons ever to work out. And I hardly ever hear people use it as an excuse to work out. You get all the other benefits of working out, feeling better, healthier, uh, longer life, you know, if you eat healthy and all that stuff. But one of the greatest advantages of being healthy is sex. But I hardly ever hear people say that. I think that, I think that we have to ask ourselves a question because we're, we're going off into this theory that looking different has a whole lot to do with it. And I've heard you brother say before, you know, yeah, my wife put on 10, 15, 20 pounds extra, but I still want to hit it. It doesn't change it. Once the love is into once you love this person and you're sexually attracted to them, attracted to this person, I don't really think that it matters too much. I mean, if those feelings are genuine, I don't think that it matters too much that they put on a little weight, even especially after the baby or whatever the case may be. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. You still are attracted to the person, the inner person. We look past the other stuff. I mean, especially right. when the lights are out. Right. Well, you know, one thing that could be a big sexual downer is a woman that put her kids before her husband, just like the couple Darren was talking about. Uh, yeah. I can't imagine a husband sitting up there getting aroused by a woman that's a freaking punk in her own house, letting the kids, you know, run all over her, and he can't beat their behinds like he need to. And now she want to get to bed talking about give me some. Mm, 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 mm. And 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 that brings me to that that point. I want to get back on that subject. Hey, hey, um, hold on just one second. Ahead. I'm sorry. Hold on one second. Also, Ike, it's a good point, and I want to echo off that. Not only is she being a punk, but she's punking him. Yeah. Because now he's uncomfortable about doing his job in the house. So now she's punking him, and then she may be even looking at him like, well, you ain't, you, you know, you ain't really attracted to me no more because you just let me carry you on a regular basis. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Well, how would, how would the dude, if he is, um, don't want to have no, no argument, and, and he's trying to sustain his marriage, and he's trying to keep everybody happy, especially his wife, but he, he knows what needs to be done, but she won't let him. How far should he push it before things get out of hand? And, and you know, when he comes out and say, look, this is it, this is my foot down, and, and, and then she comes back with, look, these are my kids. And he don't ever want to hear those words to be said because that would tear him up. Well, I mean, he's already at that point anyway if he's trying to make everybody else happy. I mean, he's already. No, when, I say, when I say everybody, I mean his wife. He's trying to make. His yeah, make I'm his saying. Wife I mean, if he's always trying to make her happy, if he's not happy by making her happy, then there's something wrong with the relationship. Well, some dudes just don't want to argue, though. Yeah, but that, but you can only do that for so long before it blows up. You you're now on a timer. You know what I'm saying? You're not like, oh, what's the show, Jack Bauer 24 with the little clock ticking off or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> whenever you try to do something, whenever your wife finds joy and happiness and all your behind find is misery, you're on the clock. Because mm. you can't continue. Eventually you will have enough. And I can guarantee you, because you have been so complacent for so long by allowing it to go on, 
her reaction is not going to do anything or be a catalyst to a bigger explosion. Do you know what I'm saying? Because first thing she's going to wonder is, where is this coming from? Right, because it's going to be out of the blue to her, yeah. Yeah, you've been sitting in the corner with your arms folded like I told you to when I handled these kids. Now, all of a sudden, you want to be King Kong. And, and and you're absolutely right. Um, that happened in my first marriage. I, I, I wouldn't say anything for the first 10 years because I just was like, you know, a, uh, it's not, it wouldn't be fair to me to be always gone, you know, in the Navy and out for six months, out for two months, out for nine months, and then I come back home and try to dictate some things. So I'm going to let her run the house as she sees fit. Yeah. And then one day when I got on shore duty, three years of shore duty, you know, now I try to, you know, be assertive and say, hey, hey, now nah, that's not going to go down like that. And she looked at me as if I was nobody and said, who are you talking to? Yeah. I, I've been so there before, man. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just saying I've been there before myself. I mean, you know, and I know that all too well. Uh, my first wife... My sole purpose was to make her happy, and I was more more and more miserable. She was happy. I was miserable. And then I started rebelling, you know, and, and, and the rebellions got bigger and bigger to pretty soon it's like, I can't, I can't do this no more. Mm-hmm. And then, of yeah, course, you know, in all fairness to my ex-wife, she's like, where's this coming from? Now you want a man up? Right, right. So I kind of see this lady's point. I kind of see my man's point too. But um, but now that the three stepchildren are grown, they're running into all kind of problems with the law. They can't keep a job, or they are, they're having problems keeping a place to live, and a few of them battle with homosexuality. Uh, so who should shoulder that blame of their troublesome lives? Uh, truthfully, nobody. But uh, <laughs> nobody. I mean, they over eighteen, right? Yeah, they grown now. Oh yeah, well, nobody, nobody but themselves. But I know the mom, since she a punk, and you know, it's it's one thing about punks; they're good at punking other people, but then they always get punked also. So now she probably punked by her kids. She probably trying to shoulder all the responsibility, right? Mm-hmm. But and now she probably calling on him, you know, to do more. Too late now. Yeah, he should have divorced her a long time ago. Yeah, he should have checked out. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on a second, hold on a second. So you saying that something yeah, like this should cause a man to divorce his wife just because he can't man up and be a man and say this is not what's going to happen? It's not. See, you, you, you put you mixing words. It's not manning up. And and saying this is not going to happen is, first of all, he was somebody that's not going to recognize his authority as a man. How do you make a woman recognize your authority as a man if she was never raised to even know what a man is and she's never seen anything like that? From jump, she's never acknowledged that. So he, he, he lied to himself ignored all the signs that she showed him that she thought he was a punk. He married her, and now he's like, okay, I, you know, I really want to 
help with the kids. Or really, you know, kids doing this. She don't really know these kids like I know these kids. And she tells them to sit out in the corner. And yeah, you, yeah, that that is grounds. Sometimes, but he should have did it a long time ago. But sometimes, sometimes people feel powerless when it comes down to um, other people's children. Because now it's a separation conversation going on that when you start talking about, when the woman starts talking about, I don't want you to beat them like that. Now, you know right. who them is. Right, so he, absolutely. He, he knows he's not, she's not talking about their child together. Right. So Right, and that, and that goes back. Go ahead. And that goes back to the, remember I said you got to have that uncomfortable conversation? The adults got to be adults at the beginning to talk about how things are going to go, get that established and follow that. Remember when I said that? Cause yeah, you we already established that that was, a, that was the facade that you wanted to think that that was going to be true, and then you go get married based off the assumptions that all the things y'all supposedly had that conversation about was going to be true after y'all get married. Okay, so now you paint the scenario. So now you're saying that she originally agreed to the scenario where he would be the man of the house and he would be able to raise the kids as he see fit. Then they get married and then she reneges on the deal. Oh yeah, I thought I well, I, if I didn't make that clear, I'm sorry. I mean that conversation took place at one point in time. I'm quite sure he didn't marry her knowing that she was going to steal her kids was going to be her kids and whatever kids they had together. They, he was just going to be responsible of raising and disciplining them children. I'm quite sure it was a household uh, decision for the man to run the house. Okay, well, then that's, that's where your trifling comes in right there. The Because if they in. had the conversation and it was explained and she agreed to it, mm. now once the kids are here and she's saying, you can't touch them, you can't do that, and I know we talked about this and blah, 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 okay, yeah. Yeah, she's trifling. Okay. Well, I, I mean, I'm just saying, the reason why I'm asking these questions is because, you know, a lot of times you don't want to get into an argument, so you kind of bow down and say, okay, I got to work anyway. You deal with it. And then we, once you do that once you do that enough, then things start happening that you, like, it's, it's right up under your nose. Things start happening. And you're like, yo, I mean, what happened to this? You know, before long they grown, and all of a sudden they, you got some homosexuals and some have trouble with the law, and you know they can't keep a job, and they don't want to go to school, and they just don't want to do anything. And then now you got the fingers pointing at each other, like you know, okay, it's your fault. No, it's your fault. Especially well, I can one tell you this right time. now: one of the worst things you could ever do, uh, especially with homosexuality, is try to say that's your fault. It's not the fault of a parent if a child is almost is a homosexual. Why not? Because you mean to tell me you found you found the cure for homosexuality? You mean to tell me you found the cure for homosexuality in a two-parent home? Say that one more time, Mike. You found the cure for homosexuality in a two-two-parent home? Is that what you're saying? With both with both parents active? No, I'm just asking you why not. I'm just saying because there's no way to personal responsibility. There's there's no way to really. How do you stop a child from being gay? Do you I have answers to that one? I no, have an answer. I, I I got an answer, but it's not. It, it may not be the answer, but I'm just asking why. What's why is it not? 
I want to hear your well, answer. How can, yeah, how do you raise, how do you can can raise a child without with, with ensuring that they are not gay? Well, a child is not born that one. Let, let's get let's get that out the way now. If they're going to be born gay, then they're going to be a, a, a born killer, and they're going to be a born uh, rapist, and they're going to be a born everything. They, they, I mean, okay, if you want to say they're born into this sinful world, yeah, they act to all of this stuff, but all of these things are also choices. I don't know if I said that before or not, but all of these all of these options are choices. Now, one, mm-hmm. one how do you prevent a choice? Well, you that's you can't prevent the choices that they make, but the the guidance um, it has to be there one hundred percent. It has to be uh, talking, communication with your children one hundred percent. I mean, I know in my household I have conversations with my kids all the time. When I thought I was going to have conversations about the birds and the bees, we end up talking about why they can't hang out with their gay friends. So I have to explain it because now the norm in their school is everybody is gay and everybody is trying to turn them and everybody is trying to do these things to them. And they kind of feeling like at first it was like an eel, but now it's like, well, since he's this and she's that, then maybe it's not so bad. Maybe my parents are old school, but a lot of times us as parents say, well, you know what, you got this freedom of choice you can do, and then we give them that leeway instead of being firm and stern with them and tell them, look, this is wrong. And a lot of parents just say, opt out and say, you know what, they got the gay rights, I can't fight it, they're allowing gay marriages, I can't fight that. You know, I'm going up against a, a, a school full of single-parent kids, that they parents let them express themselves. I'm going up against a school system that allowed the, the the boys that think they're girls to use the girls' bathroom called gender rights. I'm going up against a whole society, but I, as a parent, have to maintain communication with my children and have them know in the doubt, the shadow of a doubt, that look, this is wrong. I got neighbors over here, two women raising two girls. Uh, uh, and, and the women are gay, they are married, but they got two kids, and then when those kids go to school with their two mamas, you know, I, we got all this around us. We can't stop our surroundings, but we can, con- we, I believe that we can control the conversation in our house and through a lot of, you know, communication with our children. We can definitely, uh, it's definitely our responsibility to allow them to know the truth about what's wrong and what's right. And a lot of us parents, don't express that to our children a lot, a lot of the times. We just say, hey, do you. So it's a choice, right? It's a choice they make after making, after before they know the truth, they make the choices already made. But we, it's up to us to pour the truth inside of them. Before it get before that false reality gets into their mind and into their hearts, it's to us. It's for up to us to have that conversation. It's always a choice, but we have to let them know the consequences behind these choices. And a lot of times, we're not communicating that. So, what's the consequence for being gay? Well, it depends on if you if you're talking the, the, the spiritual side, or if you're talking about the non-reproductive side, or if you're talking about messing up other people's lives or if you're talking about not it being accepted in society, or it depends on what you're talking about. You know, I oftentimes come from a religious aspect because my children's soul is 
more important to me than, than their life. Where their soul spends eternity is important is more important to me than than money or than what they like. I mean, you know, I like, you know, uh, uh, Holly Berry, but that doesn't mean I can walk up to her and fill her on her butt. No, that's. I mean, I can't. I can't go over her house and stalk her. I can't do all these things that I want to do, even though it's an option to do it. It's consequences behind those options, and it's my job to let them know the, those consequences. So, what would you hey, do if, if can I add? Can I add something? Yeah, go ahead. Hey, this is Harry, buddy. How's everybody? Hey, Harry, what's up, man? Um, I would, um, on this particular subject, I would invite anybody to Google um, Dr. Umar Johnson. I don't know if any of y'all heard him speak or whatever, but he is a uh, clinical psychologist. You know, he deals with matters specifically related to black children and mental illness. And one of the things that he talks about is up until 1970, homosexuality was classified as a mental illness. The prime reason for that is what we now call PTSD, related from sexual or mental abuse of children. So whether or not they get you know, sexually abused by a family member, which we know runs rampant in the black community, but we turn a blind eye to it, or we have situations like we're talking about today where the wives um, uh, technically castrate their husbands, castrate their man-child. So what they need to feel is some type of love, and if they don't find a love or nurture from their mother, then they go seek that out um, from other means. So um, I think the cause of that, is a reaction to some sort of a trauma. Now mm-hmm. the impact of, now the impact of that is um, if you research the effects of anal sex, you know, over time you'll get rectal prolapse disease. You won't be able to hold your your feces, so you have to wear a diaper. Um, your intestines will come out. Your, your bottom, um, your immune system will start to deteriorate. Mm. And if you look at a lot of the, if you look at a lot of homosexuals, even though they do not develop HIV, they develop a lot more conditions uh, related to their immune system or what have you. And it specifically relates to that because if you can, if, you know, if you can, you know, imagine in your mind what happens, they're basically pushing toxins back into their bodily systems. Mm. And the the your rectum isn't designed to take that type of, you know, pressure or pain or whatever the case might be. So it ruptures, feces gets into your blood system, and over time your body starts to deteriorate. So... If you look at it from a very scientific standpoint, I think it's it's bad. But most people look at it from an emotional standpoint of, oh, they're not hurting anybody, or this the way it is. I don't. I'm not saying that we should discriminate against those people, but we need to look at it from what it is. We don't want to look at what a cause is because we know a lot of it comes from sexual abuse. And then we don't want to look at what the health impacts of it is because 
the healthcare companies stand to make a lot of money on it. Sorry mm. for being on my soapbox, but I wanted to give you a little oh, no. color on that. Man, that's yeah, good these information. Are, these, are, these are good points. Cause so basically, all the women that I had anal sex with, I need to send them a I'm sorry card. <laughs> <laughs> Because I knew, I knew quite a few women whose husbands was too scared to have anal sex with them. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they missed it. Once they got married, I guess they was trifling is what Darren, Darren calls it. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I need to send out some I'm sorry cards. Well, I, think, I didn't know it did all that damage. Damn, that's that's jacked up. But you bring up a good point, Ike, and, um, you know, as far as the blame game goes. You know, when it comes to infidelity, when a spouse cheats, Who's, who's to blame? It depends. Man, I just gave you an example. You got some husbands out there that think anal sex is a sin, and uh, they ain't doing it. I don't know what they did when they were dating, but they ain't doing it now. And so you got women out there like, man, you know, I missed that. And he ain't doing it, so they go and get it but somewhere most else. People, most people are not cheating on their spouse to go out there and get anal sex from somebody else. But some what? people are. Some people, Some people are. are. I don't. I don't even know how you can say that. When I I'm definitely for a fact. Some no, people no, are. I, I, I just, happening I mean, every day. Maybe, man, maybe dudes I'm cheat to get oral sex. Man, you know that dudes no, cheat no, to I'm get sex. About, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? About, I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about oral sex. I'm talking about the way Ike just explained it. I'm leaving. I'm finna cheat on my wife. Because she ain't giving me anal sex, so I'm gonna go out here and find somebody who's gonna give me anal oh, sex. You, no, no, you, you totally off. I said the yeah. woman cheats on her husband because her exactly. husband won't have anal sex with her. I ain't saying nothing about no dude. Exactly. Well, so, I, vice versa, really. I mean, I, that's new to me. Maybe I'm in the closet. Oh, you gonna use my point? <laughs> get it right. You got to get it right because you be okay. all over the place. You got to stay I, on. I, that. I apologize. <laughs> I apologize. So you mean to tell me? You mean to tell me it's women out there? Yes. Seek, seek other men to have anal sex with them because their yeah, husbands don't husband. do it. Either because it's nasty or because they just, I don't know, okay. scared to do it. I don't know. Don't ask me. Hey, yes, hey, Darren. Darren. Yes, sir. Uh-huh. Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> really? Did you just ask Dude, that I'm... question out loud on recorded? On the recording talk show, really? Man, I promise I ain't never heard of that. If I ain't never heard Darren, of it, I just Darren, ain't never heard of it. Darren, a woman will cheat on you because you don't keep your side of the room clean, brother. Really? <laughs> okay, I got that. I'm just, I know it's different. I, I, I know it's different reasons, but one of them is I never heard the one, one of the reasons being since you won't have anal sex with me, I'm going to find somebody out here who will. I, I never heard of that one. Well, now you <laughs> That's new. You funny, dude. But no, yeah, it <laughs> Okay. Go, go ahead. Go ahead, T. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm just tripping, man. You know, it's all good. <laughs> It's a lot. It's a lot to take in with Darren, man. He, he has you all over the place. It's, it's a lot, man, because it's kind of like, I don't know if you watch the news. I mean, I don't know. You know, it just seems like some of these things you're in the dark on, man. You know, people cheat for all kind of stuff. And if you like anal sex and your partner's not giving you anal sex, 
that in your mind will give you an okay to go get what you want. Whether if you're not getting sex, period, and you like to have sex, and your partner's not giving you sex, then you gotta go somewhere and get sex. That's how people think. When, okay, know. I got that part. I'm not. I'm not veering off to just regular sex or uh, uh, oral sex. I'm talking about particularly a woman cheating on her husband because she's chasing anal sex from somebody. Yes. 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 You want to know something else, Dan? I'm gonna really blow you mad. I've said it on the call once before. There are some women out there who believe that if they only have anal sex with their side piece, then they're not really cheap. Can yep. you believe that? That's true. Aaron, can you believe that? <laughs> you Did you know there women out there that like that, Darren? Too much to comprehend, Ike. Too much to comprehend in one setting. That's a bomb thing, <laughs> man. Hey, can I ask a quick question? Go ahead, man. Yeah, go, go ahead, man. Does anybody know a woman or, uh, or other woman who's done that, cheated because their husband won't have anal sex with them? Yeah, I know of one. Go ahead, Ike. Yeah, I, mean, I know, I know a woman who... I mean, you're crazy. Get out of here. No, I'm, no, we ain't telling you to tell the name, but he just wanted to know if you knew one, you know, because I don't know. I just... I just said that because I know anything is possible, but but we but, but the conversation is going like as, as if that's a common thing, right? That's well, I don't know how common it is, but I know I have met in my single days. Let me clear this up. So in my single days, yes, I have met a woman who was looking for someone to have anal sex with her because her husband wouldn't do it, and she would pay for the room and all the amenities, and would travel. <laughs> Hey, you know, I would I would say I would say that's probably as common as uh, a woman cheating on her husband because he won't do the one or something. Nah, right. Nah, no, I mean, I think what y'all are getting confused is that the fact that I don't think Ike ever said it was common. We were just talking about that it happens. Yeah, I, I think just said it going, happened. Right, yeah, I don't know back how common. Right, going back to you know, Darren was like, "Oh, that's impossible. It never happens." And we're like, "Come on, it happens." But we're not. No, we're just, also not saying that women cheat just to get anal sex either. So I mean, you you can't go on diff- the the different extremes of the point. We're just saying that. Right, right. Just, let me clean this up. So, brothers, I am aware of a woman who who you know at the time was married, and she cheated on her husband to have anal sex. Explicitly for that reason. There you go. And didn't and didn't consider it cheating, right? Huh? It didn't consider. Oh yeah, it she cheating. considered it cheating. But I do know another woman right. who is married and who only have anal sex with her side pieces, but don't consider it cheating because it's anal sex. Mm-hmm. So we take it. Back now, while some of you all are flabbergasted and your lips are on the floor, do keep in mind. There are men out there who believe oral sex is not cheating also. Correct. I got that. I'm, I'm with you 100% on that. Wrap your mind around that. Yeah, and, and, and there are women who believe that giving head to the side piece without intercourse is not cheating. Exactly. Trifling. I'm going to add one more. There are, men out there, there, there are men that out there that, if they don't receive, if they only penetrate, they don't feel like they're gay. <laughs> yep. 
Yep. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I, I, talking about gay stuff, man? What, what happened? No, he just he just I, made another point. I just said I just said that there are men who feel like if they are the if if they're if they're behind if they're pitching and not if they're front, pitching if they're pitching if they're and not pitching, catching that's yeah. right they're not getting. No. Okay. On, on that note, let's get back on topic. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, we, we, we stretching. We stretching. <laughs> that's uncomfortable. Yeah, that's really okay. So, but now I want to I want to go back into this this couple. Now that they feel that the need to re, the the children now they want to come back home because they're having a whole lot of hard times, all right, and they feel that they always receive unfair treatment or treated differently than the younger sister, which is now 15, and the stepfather's biological child. Do you think that this was the case to uh, to excuse because they need a place to stay? Do you think they, they use this as an excuse to say, hey, you know, I need to come back home, and you treated her better than you treated us, and, and she's there, why can't we be there? And, you know, all these they, use that, they use that as a way to try to tell on the, the stepdad. So they're giving the mother ammunition to use to argue okay. with the stepdad about why her kids can't come back home. Mm-hmm. That's what they're doing. They're manipulating the mother with them statements. They're manipulating the mother. I, I 100%, 100% agree with that. And uh, the father feels mother, Well, the mother been stupid all this time, so I'm sure she's falling for a hook, line, and sinker. So I don't expect her to ever wake up. So she, well, she, she just don't. Well, she, so. Well, see, that's that's a classic example of a house without discipline. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because a house with discipline, the kids wouldn't want to come back because they'd be disciplined enough to do what it takes to stay out. To stay out, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah so, yeah, so they get out in the world and realize, hey, I don't have the skill set to stay out, so i got to go back. And not only do I have to go back, but I'm going to use a BS excuse to get back in the house and blame somebody else for me not being able to make it, which is crazy. And a lot of times the father feels, I mean, in this case, the father feel, felt like you guys felt it was a tactic for them to get back in the house, to manipulate the mom uh, and letting them back in the home because she was a softie in the first place. You know, but well, she mother, wasn't a dummy. She wasn't a softie. She's a dummy. Okay, that was a better word, way of saying it. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, she's been dumb this whole scenario. I'm waiting to see so if what? she ever... Smart. So in the, in the, but in this situation, what should the wife do and the husband do at this point? I mean, how do they? How should they feel about this entire situation? That the kids want to come back home. Go ahead. They should do something they have never done since they've been together and known each other. Agree mm-hmm. on a joint, uh, you know, on some on some joint measures or whatever you want to call it, and say, yeah, you can come back, but you got to be gone in thirty days. You know, you get your 30 days, get your act together, but then you got to be gone. They should have the conversation and agree, but they ain't done it yet since they've been together. So, but does, it, you know, what's, does what's anybody have kids? Anybody have children that done left and came home or had to come home and they, they accepted them back in the home? I got, I got one on the ready line getting ready to get kicked the hell out. We're <laughs> 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 trying it, to see if we can make it by. Now, is it because, you know, um, of attitudes, behavior, or is it because he's past his expiration date as far as graduating from college or high school? 
Yeah, it's, it's because of uh, attitude, behavior, and uh, also it's because, you know, he's been all ahead and he ain't been listening. So, you know, he's a great yeah, kid. He's admirable and respectable, but. Yeah, I think it comes a time when a child, you know, especially beyond high school, that they 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 start, there's some static with living under mom and dad's rules and that sort of thing. So that's probably some of that, and it's the the balance where I, I really want and need to get my own place, but I maybe can't afford it. So, you know, so it's like you want to have the benefits of, you know, coming and going as you please and these sort of things as if you had your own place, but at the same time somebody else is footing the bills, majority of the bills for that place that you reside in. So I think that's, that's yeah. normal to get some static there. Go ahead. Well, once they uh, once they get on their own, they think that when they come home, that they you know it's a hotel, mm. and and you know it doesn't work, you know, and and they got to go. Well, you know, you don't, and and this is the situation I'm in currently. My 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 son has graduated from high school, and I've been telling him that he's going to get out of the house at 18, you know, after he graduated from since he was one, or understand English. So now that he's 18 and he's graduated, he has a, a date to leave for the Marines. But he's 18 and he's graduated, but he has a, a, a shipping date, which is a couple of months away from here. Now I'm at a dilemma because now, you know, um, well, I felt that I was at, at a dilemma, but I fixed that. Because I, 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 I'm a man of my word uh, 99.9% of the time. And now I had to compromise because if I kick him out, then that's not good because I don't want nothing to happen and ruin his chances for getting in the Marines. And at the same time, if he stay here, he gets that attitude and, look, man, my, my stuff is bigger than yours and, and I'm grown, so you can't really tell me what to do and how to do it and when to do it but you stand on my roof. So what we did was we wrote a lease up for him, and, and this expires on his day that he leaves, up until the day he leaves. Now, uh, he works at a restaurant out here, and he's a waiter, but he don't work every day. So we were just getting half of his tips and half of his, his, his check, which is hardly nothing, but he, he still feed him. He still eats everything in the house. And uh, but we wrote him a lease, and I said, okay, we're gonna give we six hundred dollars a month, and that includes everything you're eating, your food and your water, and your, your you know the, the showers and electricity and in your room and everything else you got, your entertainment in the house. He don't think it's fair, but and he's he's blaming us for uh, for keeping them captive. He thinks that we're keeping them captive here because we got his hands tied because we're making him pay something he can't afford, but. It, he don't understand that if you can't, we we base this wage off a minimum wage. And you, yeah, you got to make him uncomfortable because you want him to get out. Right, right, right. You and, can't make it comfortable for him because they'll stay there forever. Right, and he's very uncomfortable now. And his and he called his birth mom down in Georgia, telling her that you know dad is trying to kick me out or make me pay something I can't afford to pay. And I said, well, go down there and stay with her, you know. But you, you're gonna, you're gonna be uncomfortable in here. And you go out there and get you another job. You can't sit here and wait for them to call you and say, hey, you can come to work today, and you don't have a set schedule, and you're not working for minimum wage. 
You know, so get you a regular job. Go to Target. You'll be able to afford it. Go to Target. Work eight hours a day, eighty hours every two weeks, and 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 you'll be able to, you know, handle this. But he blames us for his living his condition because he feels like we just want him out and we want to kick him out and we want the worst for him. You uh, want him out? Oh, of course. I think sometimes we gotta accept some type of responsibility because I mean they only gonna spit out what we put into them, and you know for people who read the Bible they say train up a child the way he should go, and when he gets older he won't depart from that. So, I mean, I think that that scripture is pretty much true, and it don't deviate too much. So, I think mean, we gotta take on some of the responsibilities, you know, our kids are our final product of what we put into them. Mm-hmm. You think so? think so? Yeah, I mean, obviously there are going to be exceptions to the rule. I'm not saying that there's, that there's going to be an absolute, but at the same time, there it, it, things don't happen right when they graduate. I mean, this is a build-up from from the day they were born to they turn to till they turn 18. And you know, when we slack off, or whatever the case may be, when they're 11, 12, five, six, well, there are certain things that creep up. We don't really we don't grasp the long-lasting effects until sometimes it's too late. Mm-hmm. Well, I agree with you a hundred percent. What you, what I gather that you're saying, it is a point. Something, it was a turnaround at some point, and and I was able to witness that turnaround. And that turnaround was when he, uh, their mother and I got a divorce. And and people, men, especially, we need to understand how powerful uh, this act. Uh, or the trauma that it takes when you do get a divorce, if you decide to get one, it takes a toll, a heavy toll on the kids. And then when the courts get involved and tell you what you can't do in order to fix the children, you know, you can't whoop them if they get out of line because their behavior is due to what your actions is to their mom or to their dad. And so the court now gets their hands in your life and tell you, you can't do this, and if you do, then you will be in trouble. And, and once that happens, now the children have a leeway or leverage to, to begin acting out in certain ways. And, and that was the turnaround point, Harry, what you're talking about, that I, that I witnessed that the behavior changes started at that moment. So when it comes to the blame game um, regarding your divorce, who is the blame for your divorce? I will say that I am ultimately responsible uh, because the divorce happened, uh, because I didn't do things as I was supposed to do at 19, not really knowing how to be a man or how to be married. I took on a, a heavy manly responsibility as a boy um, and by me not knowing how to 
protect my wife against my mom because my mom has always been the woman in my life, and now this other woman comes along, and I'm supposed to uh, stop my mom from dogging her out. But, well, you know, the way I was raised, you don't talk back to your mom. So now I'm this little boy when it comes down to protecting my wife against this woman who raised me and I was always taught to respect. So, and then taking on another heavy responsibility in being gone all the time with the military, that was another burden. So all of these things trickle back to my decisions, you know, I believe, and I'm not ashamed to admit it, but it, um, but it all trickled back to my decisions in as far as putting my hands up in the air and say, okay, well, since I'm not going to be here, it's not fair for me to make certain choices, certain decisions, and to make her feel completely com- uh, uh, completely comfortable in another state that we're never we've never been away from home. I had to put my hands up and say, okay, whatever makes you comfortable, whatever makes you not cheat on me, whatever makes you run the house properly, you go ahead and do it. And that was another mistake. So all of that have a buildup in the attitude towards this now woman uh, who's now bitter with a child of mine. And and her bitterness come towards me, the Navy, towards life, my parents, my family, my extended, my external family, my mom, dad, cousins, and you know those kind of people, and um, and a bit and a bitterness towards my career. So do I satisfy this person? Do I try to compromise? Do I try to talk? I'm at a standstill position at this point, to where I'm now just in limbo, and that's that's why I felt at that moment. And then my and now my son is born, and now I'm gone again. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm back again six months later, and he doesn't know who I am. So I can't hold him because he want mommy because daddy wasn't there, and he don't know daddy. And by the time we start building a, a relationship again, you know, uh, it's time for me to leave again. So it's a lot of things that I can point at that that, that contributed to this uh, to this divorce, but, you know, I'm just going to raise my hand and be the bigger person to say it was my fault. I blame myself, but that doesn't mean that I I owe her anything. That doesn't mean that I owe the world an explanation or I owe her child support when when I have the kids. It doesn't mean none of that stuff. I'm not sorry. I, I apologize for what I've done. I've accepted the blame, and I've moved on. Sure. You know, so... Anybody else? Hey, Darren, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Does that mean that you were wrong? That just that just means that I didn't understand what I was supposed to do at that point, and I and I uh, responded the best way I could uh, with the problems that I faced. You know, and at the end result, you know, it caused her ultimate to, ultimately to find uh, interest in another person. You know, so I, I don't – go ahead. A lot of times I got a problem with the word blame. Um, in my marriage for a little while, it was as if, if there was a situation or an issue, it seemed like my wife had to make sure blame was properly assigned before we could move past or move forward. 
And that used to really annoy me. Like, why do black got to be assigned at all? I mean, I didn't intentionally do anything wrong. You didn't intentionally do anything wrong. Why do we got to make sure we identify who's to blame in the situation? That seems like it caused, in my, with me, that causes more problems than anything. Well, a lot of times, you know, we, we stand up. I mean, uh, I as a man, if I want to stop an argument, I just say, okay, you know what, it's my fault. Let's move on. You know, because it's not worth continuing to conversate about a lot of the times. You know, I'd rather lose the battle than to lose the war. You know, I'd rather end the conversation and say, do you just want an apology because it's my fault and I don't want to hear it, you know, anymore after this because if I don't tell you I'm sorry, then this conversation is going to last until next month. No, why man, that's, that's... Why do you think people need to assign blame, though? I don't think people need to assign blame. I just think that sometimes, like my wife, she tells me sometimes that, you know, you never admit when you're wrong. And I'm like, okay, when when am I wrong? You know, what are you talking about? And sometimes I'm just not I'm just not wrong on a on a certain thing. And 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 she's adamant about believing that I'm wrong in this situation. And I tell her, well, I don't believe I'm wrong. So, but if she wants to get all bent out of shape, okay, you know, all right. Whatever. If you feel like I'm wrong, I apologize. Let's move on. You know, it's not that important to continue or have a, a week's discussion about it, you know, because that's unhealthy because I have to go to work in five minutes, and we've been arguing about this for three days. I'm not going to sit there and keep keep talking about the same thing. So if you if if you make, if you you make feel comfortable in, in, in me saying I did it, then okay. <laughs> Whatever. Let's move on. But, you know I mean, what I mean? It, but isn't that also unhealthy for you to be disingenuous? You think so? I don't think so. It don't, it don't not un, unhealthy to who? The marriage or to me personally or to both? I mean, for the fact both. that if, if you don't think that you're doing something wrong and then you just cop out just to avoid an argument, that's that's pretty lame. Don't you think? Okay, well, I mean, it, to say, oh well, I don't want to argue with you, so it's my fault. I'm sorry because I know. I can't really pull that stuff with my wife because she's like, no. You know, I mean, it's, I think going back to Malcolm's point, like there needs to be some acknowledgement of or assignment of blame in the situation. I think that's important because if you don't know, like how do you correct that? And the first step in, in correcting our behavior is acknowledging where we went wrong. And I think that intentions, sure. Well, I don't think we intend to hurt our, our, our spouses, our wives, um, but that may be their perception. So, you know, in a situation where you didn't intend to hurt her, but she felt hurt, like, that has to, like, you have to own that. I think it's important right. that you own the that. The first step in resolving a conflict, somebody has to um, step up to the plate and accept responsibility. And if exactly. it's disingenuous, then it doesn't work. Somebody has, I mean, even if I'm wrong, if I've hurt my wife, I can say, you know, I was wrong for hurting you. The way I spoke to you, I was wrong. Now, I didn't have to be wrong in the situation, but the way I spoke to you was wrong. And I'm sorry for hurting you for the way I spoke to you, and I can be genuine about that. And, and but if I just say yeah, I was wrong, whatever, that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You in, a, in a situation like that, what are you accepting blame for? Well, well here's the deal. If... First of all, in a conflict, in a, in a situation where there's a conflict, 
Um, I could be right in a situation. Let's say my wife says, you know, you did this. Okay. And I said, I didn't do it. Okay. And then she says, yes, you did. Now, I could be, I could be right in saying I didn't do it. But if I come off wrong, if I speak to her in a way that's dishonoring or disrespectful or hurting to her, I could be right in I didn't do this, but I could be wrong in the way I spoke to her. And if I've hurt her, if she said, you know, when you spoke to me, when you, when you came off to me, when you raised your voice, when you this and that, you hurt me. See, I could be wrong, even though I was right in, in defending myself, the way I came to her, I could be wrong. And you know what? Here's the deal. I never want to hurt my wife. And if I've hurt my wife, even if I'm right, the way I came off was wrong. And I can honestly say, I'm sorry for hurting you. But that's not what we're talking about. I didn't mean about. to we're speak to you that way. What did you say? But that's not what we're talking about. We're, we're talking about in a, in, a, in a genuine conversation. You know, mm-hmm. now, I would, now, if I hurt her, that, I understand. I can identify that you're hurt, and right. I shouldn't have said those things. I can identify that. I'm talking right. about things that, um, let's say, for instance, she was raised one way. And I was raised another way. And mm-hmm. completely, completely the way I was raised and the way I'm raising my children or the way I, I you know, conduct things in my home, I am 100% right. Well, right. the way she was raised, according to the way she was raised, and the, way, the things that she brought into the home from the way she was raised, she's 100% right. In that situation, the way my wife and I handle that is simply, you know what, we're going to have to agree to disagree. Okay. We're going to agree to disagree. We don't see things the you know the same, but you know what it has no no effect on the marriage because we've learned to separate the issues from the marriage. Some women don't know how to separate that though, Andrew. I understand that, and some men don't either. But right. the key is to learn how to separate the issues from the marriage. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what the issue is, we're going to solve the issue, but the marriage stays intact. Okay. Well, let me say this. Um, being as though we don't 100% understand the opposites, like we'll never understand what a woman goes through and vice versa. So I think when when we start speaking to an incident that happens, we can only be apologetic to the role that we played in it. You see what I'm saying? Now, we may say, okay, well, I know I did everything right. But the way the role that we played may have been just a a harsh way of saying that I was right and you were wrong. Or Mm -hmm. it may have been, like Rodney said, you may have dismissed it and said, okay, okay, I was dismissed it just to pick and choose your argument mm-hmm. self is wrong because now you're just saying something just to appease her just so you can go to the next step or or, or 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 get out of that situation so I think at some point we just have to identify with the our, our role in that situation and apologize for that I think that may I help agree, out 100%. okay mm-hmm. Malcolm you was about to say something yeah the, the the part that I, at least in my in my marriage, and I might be harsh in this, I didn't do anything wrong, and I didn't intend on doing anything wrong. 
then at that point, as far as I'm concerned, she has a misunderstanding. No. Nah. I'm not going to apologize for that. No. Nah. Because like I said before, a lot of our intent is not, Ill, you know, doesn't have any ill will towards it. I mean, our, our right. motives are pure. So it's right. not. But if I mean, we hurt somebody, whether we intended to or not, we need to step up to the plate. Exactly. And I know for a fact that sometimes my wife is just tripping. It ain't that I hurt her. She's just tripping. <laughs> and, and I'm not going to apologize because she's tripping. And I know I didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> what do you mean with the wrong girl? Do you tell her that she's tripping? Do you tell her in the middle of, in, the, in, the, in a heated argument? Do you be like, you tripping? What I say is, what are you talking about? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't do so look, I didn't do what I was doing. So look, let me ask a question. And I'm just going to ask this to the group. I'll just give an example of cutting the grass, right? So let's just say the grass hasn't been cut in a couple of weeks, and your wife likes the grass cut. She just doesn't like to cut the grass. Okay. So let's just say on her way home she sees a flyer, and the flyer says, "I cut your grass for twenty-five dollars." So she calls the company, and the company comes by. They cut your grass for you because you wouldn't cut it in two weeks. She hires these people to cut the grass. You come home, and the grass is cut. Your grass. So you get in the house, and you say, what happened to the grass? Honey, did you cut the grass? She said, no, I hired somebody to cut the grass. Now, if we're thinking about it, she didn't do anything wrong, right? Nope. No, I, I think mean so. it was the need. I think. Okay, I got I you. Think so. We're gonna to get to that, but okay. to her, she's gonna be like, "Well, you know, the grass was. You, you, you know, I like the grass to be cut. Two weeks went by. The grass was long. Feel a little embarrassed, so I got the grass cut, right? And even though she did feels as though she didn't do anything wrong, but it's the way she made you feel by going around you and hiring somebody else to cut your grass. You follow what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So you may say, I understand you feel as though you didn't do anything wrong, but the way I'm taking this is that I'm not on top of my game and that you have to go and get somebody else to do my job. So I think at some point we have to realize we may be 100% correct, but but something that we've done has made them feel a certain way. That's what we have to take responsibility for. Exactly. Now, now in my house, it would have gone down like this. Honey, um, hey, I understand you're busy, um, and uh, i got a company that can cut the lawn. Would you prefer to do it, or you want me to hire them to do it? Yeah, I agree with that. That's how it would have gone down in my house, because my wife would have respected me enough to ask that question before she hired them. In other words, she was going to put the pressure on me. And I'd be like, hire them damn Mexicans. Oh, 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 come on. <laughs> come on. Well, I, I, I was in, I had to, matter of fact, my wife and I had to, we had an emergency. Um, this, this couple called us and they was like, can you guys come over here like right now or can we come over there like right now? We said, okay, let's meet up. This woman was flaming that, you know, she's, she's busy. They got five kids. Uh, she was busy with the, you know, and they got grand, a grandson that they were, they, you know, they also have in the house. 
Um, and the husband, you know, he knows people, he knows women um, that have, like, catering things or can make cakes and everything else like that. So she, uh, the, a birthday party was coming up for one of the children, and the husband called this lady to make cakes and to make different dishes, and he got this other lady to do the decorations, but he didn't tell his wife. Mm. And and so because the, the wife, you know, he said, what are you going to be doing for the birthday? The wife just told him, uh, I'm not going to have time to do a lot, but, you know, I, I, I got to run this person here and do this and do that and football practice and this and that. And he said, okay, I'll get the party together. And they, they left it at that. But when the lady came back from her, her doing her, her chores, she seen all these women in her house, you know, organizing the food and organizing the decorations and ordering the clown and, you know, doing all these things, got the kids all in order, and she went ballistic. Hello? Hello? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we hear you. And that's a good okay, example. Sorry. That's kind of like the same example. That's a good example. And just like Andrew said, he didn't – now, again, I don't know – what she's tripping about because there was a need and he got it done and he said, I'll take care of it. You know what I'm saying? Now, they, they, these people could have been professional party planners that he's hired. Doesn't have no, they were friends. Somebody. They, were. they what? They were, they were friends that they kind of, he knew from work, but she knew because, you know, they've been over to the house on other occasions, you know, as a, you know, as a unit and everything. But well, that's, now different. They, that's different. That's different. See, that adds a whole different complex to the, to, to it. This is not a professional professionals that he's hired that, that, that nobody knows. These are friends yeah, say, that's gonna come yeah. in and do the work and look at her like she trifling. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what she's saying. I think it you know, if you if you clear it and say, Look, honey, you know, this needs to be done, would you prefer to do it or do you want me to hire somebody? I don't well, see a problem with that. It. He thought he cleared it because he said, Well, I'll just do the party and you can just go run the errand. She's like, Okay. But he didn't say to what extent and who he was going to use and and to help him. And then, See, and I then, don't like agree with said, that. I, I think I think, you know, if if you're not going to do it, then I have the ability to to bring who I want to bring in. And you know, you know, that is my decision. When 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 I married my wife, I had a house housekeepers that, that used to keep my house together because I'm not the one. And when I hired her, when when I married Glenn, I said, "Honey, the inside of this house is your domain. Do what you want. Keep the housekeepers, bring other ones in, fire these, keep it yourself." But I'm not the one. And from that point on, it was her responsibility. And she went through a series of people, and 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 she couldn't find ones that would do it. So she decided, "Okay, I'm going to do it." And and Deja's going to help. And I said, "Well, whatever." And when things weren't right. And I said, well, you know, what is this? She said, look, you gave me the responsibility. You need to back up. Hmm. And 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 that was what I had to do. Now there were things that sometimes that I thought my daughter should do, and and I was like not happy. And my wife was like, who has this responsibility? You gave it to me. Hmm. You know, and that's the bottom line. I, I give you a quick story. When I first married my wife, and my wife and I like to travel, my wife packed my suitcases every time we traveled. And wherever we went, 
the night before we went, my suitcase and her suitcase were by the front door. And we went on a vacation one time, and I opened my suitcase when we got there, and I said, why did you pack these sandals? You know I don't wear these. Why would you pack these? And you know what she said to me? From this point on, you don't ever have to worry about the sandals because you're going to pack your own doggone bags. Mm. Okay, I opened my stupid mouth. And today, matter of fact, we're flying out, out of town tomorrow, and I had to pack my own doggone bag because I opened my mouth. <laughs> All right, that was years ago. <laughs> so, we, you know, if, if, if our wife has a responsibility, we need to let her take care of it. And whatever way she seems fit, that's the way she needs to do it. Even if we don't agree of how it should be done, we've got to get to a point where we say, okay, that's your responsibility. Now, I may not agree with who you hire, but if I give you the responsibility, I'm responsible for this family, and if I hand certain responsibilities to you, that's on you to handle any way you want to do it. Mm. Well, I, I guess that in 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 my opinion, I think that um, that when it comes down to uh, husband and wife's responsibilities, like you said, that the inside belongs to her, and the outside belongs pretty much to him. Uh, if she chooses to delegate the authority to him, he should really. And this is what I told them: he should he should really think how is it going to make her feel if I hire this person. Let me just go over it with her so it won't be no problem, problems or, or, or uh, drama if she returns and see all these people here at the house, you know, um, that she knows. But, you know, women often think that, you know, I don't want that woman looking at me like I can't take care of my home, like you said earlier. And that's exactly how she felt. She she felt that way. Uh and even though it wasn't said and those women didn't feel that way, uh, so he claimed, but it, it is more important the way the wife feel at that time. And I want to get back to the story. The last point about this wife and this husband, the wife blames the husband for putting uh, putting the children out when they were ready, when they weren't ready. But she classified weren't ready after they graduated from high school and they were age 18 which she feels started their down spiral. The husband feels he did the best he could with the limitations given to him by the wife and blames her for not letting him teach and raise them as he felt the need to. So who is really the blame? They're pointing fingers at each other. Who's really to blame at these children uh, becoming like they are? And I heard someone say earlier, I think it was Ike, he said, it's no one's fault, and it's the dad's fault, and it's the mom's fault. Well, who's to blame for uh, these children turning out this way, coming back into the home, and, and, and falling flat on their face when it came down to dealing with life? Because oftentimes, whether we realize it or not, like Harry said earlier, we are often to blame. The, 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 the parents are the reflection of the children are the reflection of the parents. And they pour out what we put into them. But none of these people are slouches. The mother and the father is not slouches in any way, shape, or form. But what they pour, poured into their children, I think, was more confusion. And and um, and they, they allowed the children to play each other against each other, which I had a lot of that in my marriage, my second marriage also. 
So I understood where he was coming from. Are, are you are you asking the question and answering it as well, or well, I you asked, I answered it from my perspective, but I'm I'm asking the consensus who is to blame. Who do you guys think is to blame? Who's really to blame for these children? I think I think well, at you that point, I think at that point, I would put it on the father. At that point, and the reason why I would put it at the father at that point is because when the kids lived there under the age of 18, it didn't work out for them. Didn't particularly work out for him because he couldn't be legally the man that he should have been in that house. So why go back into that situation when they're older and it's going to be harder for them to, it's going to be even to say, no, y'all can't come back, period. Okay. Go ahead, Andrew, what you were saying. I just think that, you know, um, I don't so much, you know, want to see assigning blame, um, but, you know, you do have to set parameters of what you expect from your children. Now, that doesn't mean that, you know, they're not going to move back. Both my, you know, two of my children have moved back home, and, you know, you've you got to help them out. Uh, but, you you know, you get to a point that you've got to set, you know, more parameters. Okay, this is, this is for a certain time period. And I don't think it's anybody's fault, but you know, I just got off the phone with my, do- my daughter who lives in, my, in, in Orlando. And one of the things she said to me was, man, I didn't realize how hard it was to be out here on my own. Because mm. when they get out, you know, before they get out, it's, it's simple. It's a piece of cake. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But when they get out there, I, I mentioned to her about, you know, a family reunion. She said, I would love to go. I was like, it's only in Ohio. She said, I don't care. I want to go, <laughs> you know. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll get you tickets. And, you know, it, it didn't even dawn on me that was a big deal to her because it wasn't a big deal to me. But because she's been out on her own having to pay everything and, and you know, not to be able to do things that when they're at home they think is, 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 is no big deal, you know, it, it is a big deal. So I don't think it's anybody's fault. I think it's that, you know, that they're not ready because they can't be ready. A child can't be ready until they get out there. They can't really know. I, I remember one of the biggest things for me, one of the shocking things for me, when I left my parents' house, when I found out you had to pay for water. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I could not believe that you actually had to pay for water. It was crazy to me. Mm-hmm. You think, can't explain to a child the real world until they get out there. Mm-hmm. Toilet paper. I, Okay, you we know, it out. deodorant, simple things that are that are we don't think about that a child has no clue because a child goes to the cabinet, gets the deodorant, and says, "Mom, we'll run out of deodorant and toilet paper." Mm. Yeah, like oh, yeah. yeah, I think we're copping out. My wife, she's been on her own since she's been sixteen years old. On her own. I mean, I've been on my own since I was like when I got out of college. My dad gave me six months, and I bought my first property. I mean, I think it's just a matter. I think it's just a matter on we got to be honest with ourselves, and sometimes we got our egos are too big to say we messed up somewhere along the line. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, you know, like for example, I tell my kids. 
what everything costs. We're brutally honest with our kids. My our kids are under no uh, mystery about how things get done. That's how these. That's how kids grow up without rose-colored glasses on. When they understand the gravity of every decision that our parents make. You know, that's and, nice to say, but until a child has to, you know, your children don't understand the first of the month. They don't understand not paying bills and getting put out. Well, and we don't tell them. That, they really don't understand it. I know I didn't. I mean, I did. I mean, I had a paper route when I was, I mean, I, I've always worked. So, I mean, I, Since I was 12 I, years old, I worked. But you can't understand the real world until it's all on you. Of course you don't understand the complete gravity, but that's the whole thing about waiting till they're 18 to say, oh, you got to grow up now. You got to, like, nurture these kids and start to, you know, when they get closer to the date, you got to, you know, like when I like when I was in high school, I bought my own clothes. Mm. My paper route from my paper. What I bought from my paper route. So I knew I knew things cost money. So what I did is so that I have some money to go to football games, basketball games, and whatnot. I didn't go out and buy Air Jordans. I bought Lottos. <laughs> well, they didn't have Air Jordans. <laughs> I, know, I, remember. I remember yes, a lot. Kids. <laughs> so, so I can't. So, I think what we got. I mean, we live in an information age. If somebody has a cell phone, they have a computer. They have information at their fingertips. A lot of people are caught up in the, the social networking of nothingness, and they put nothing in their heads. But they under, They don't understand that. The solution for everything is at their fingertips. I mean, even if your even if your parents don't don't uh, necessarily give everything to you, I mean, people can tell you everything that went on a Real Housewives of uh, Atlanta, but they can't tell you what tax bracket they in. Yes. <laughs> mm hmm. Come on, man. I mean, this is serious stuff, man. We, That's true. I mean, we, we, we think about, we, th- we talk about how far black kids are behind other kids. It's because we want to berate them and give them ultimatums instead of saying, okay, let me show you what's going to happen. Let me nurture you. Let me, let, me give, let me equip you so that when you're 18 years old, you go to college, you're 21 years old, that you know how to go out here and do what you need to do. I knew what a mortgage was when qualified for one. I mean, these are. I mean, my mom was in banking and what have you. But what this is, the, the reality of what this is, is part of this is the world is getting smaller. There are less jobs out here for college-educated kids much less high school-educated kids, and the stakes are incredibly high. So if you want your kids to succeed, you gotta, you got to be at 100 all the time with your kids, all the time. Mm-hmm. Not even 99%, because that 1% chance, that might be the difference between them getting a job and them not getting a job. 
because they're competing with people from all around the world for the same jobs. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you, you need a and you need a job to to get ahead because if you don't have no money, you got stress. If you got stress, you're gonna walk around and you want to get rid of that stress. Nine times out of ten, if you don't have any money, you're gonna do something dumb. You're gonna twerk. Mm-hmm. On, you're gonna twerk on YouTube or some dumb stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, but I think you know to your to your point. Um, I think that too often we don't we don't think that we we almost wait too late because you know my daughters are eleven and seven and I see where their bent is as far as what they can do as far as jobs um, you know after they leave here you know and go to college and, and do that thing so but I'm I'm starting now I think that and and additionally I have uh, college funds for them, both of them. And I find it baffling when parents, they're sitting at a graduation, and then they're like, oh, you know, and the, and the kid is a smart kid and, you know, plans on going to college, and they're just like, well, we didn't save any money for you, honey. I mean, it's like, what? And you you plan on, you know, just rolling out tens of thousands of dollars for a college education, and you know, over – in a few months, when you knew, if that was your plan, you know, when you knew that the child was going to college, why didn't you start saving when she was a infant? But how do you know that your child is going to check, your, your child is going to college, though? Well, you don't. But again, the, you you plan for that. I think most people plan for uh, some. They don't plan for a kid to graduate high school and that's it, and then they go find a gig. Um, just as as the brother was saying, you can graduate college these days and still can't find a gig. So, you know, you you have to – you can't not plan, I guess is my point. You can't just not say, well, I don't know if you're going to college, so I'm just not going to save anything. That just baffles me. Because now, I now say, do you, what do you think your responsibility is, Rodney? Um, well, a bachelor's, a master's, a Ph.D., what do you think as a parent your responsibility is? That's a great question. And I would say at minimum, you know, and my daughters are young, my children are young, but I, th- I think at minimum I'm responsible for their bachelor's. You know, now when they get their bachelor's and if they do well, I might say, you know what, I'll get you, you can go ahead and get your master's. And then, you know, it might be another conversation. But right now, to me, you know, I'm like, at minimum, I handle your bachelor's, and we'll talk about the rest. But I will absolutely put it on them if they want to further their schooling. And, you know, I'm not going to say, well, I'm, I'll, I'll help you, honey. I mean, it just, it just depends. But, I mean, to your question, at minimum, I feel I'm responsible for their bachelor's degree. Now, All right, so what happens when um, – when, um, Old uh, Ricky Suave in high school gets in your daughter's head and goes into a different direction. And she decides that college is not the answer. Well, that's going to be a problem. Before or after you plead with her. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. That's going to be a problem. I mean, you know, all we can do is do the best we can. 
And then, you know what? They got to make that choice. Can someone turn down but there's easy? consequences to that choice. My um, my oldest daughter, that's what she did. And after her first year, she said, um, you know, Dad, I know you're paying for my, you know, for my housing and all that, but, you know, I'm going to move Long Dong Silver in. Mm. And I said, well, sweetie, I love you. But let me explain the consequences of those decisions. Daddy will stop paying if that's what you decide to do because that's against what I believe. I love you, but if you decide to do that, the funds stop. And she said, Dad, it's just for a little bit of time. I said, you don't understand. She said, no, Dad, you don't understand. Mm. Said, okay. She moved him <laughs> in. Three months later, got pregnant. He left, and the game started. Okay, but there's consequences to actions. Yeah. Mm. Hey, Andrew, um, I have a family member that um, she, she, you know, mom paid for college for two years and then went to mom and said, you know, and a junior said, hey, this is not for me. So mom says, all right, well, you're not going back next semester. And so I guess she took a semester, a year off, and tried to re- to find out what the real world was. And uh, sometimes you got to let them learn the lessons on their own. And what they realized that um, uh, that the world was tough, she asked her mom to go back to school this fall. Yeah. So sometimes... That's where they, you know, sometimes they got to learn the hard way. Right. So you know we you know with our youngest we, you know we said okay we got a certain amount for college this is what you're gonna do after that's on you you know I, we'll help. I'm just saying I'm just saying it's good for us to plan for our kids, but there's gonna become a time where kids gonna to want to make their own decisions. That's mm-hmm. right. Kind of hold them. And you got to figure out what's important to you. I mean, yeah, to me, the, the decision part does not excuse your planning as a parent. Like, that, that's just my thing. Like, you need to plan for the future, period. And you need to start when they're young. Now, they want to deliver. The funny thing is, I just literally got off the phone with my daughter, and she, she got engaged about three months ago, and we had a conversation with her and her fiancé um, about their wedding plans. You know, and I said, honey, what's important to you? Okay, you know, and, and you know, for a guy, a wedding isn't that big a deal, but for a girl it is. You know, and, and my, my instruction to him was, you got to figure out and read between the lines, see what's important, see where, where you know, what's important to, to put the money. Mm-hmm. You know, but we've got a plan. You know, my wife and I have planned. You know, for what you know, what we're going to do, and if they want to do more, that's what they do. Right. You know, college the same way. We, you know, we said we we're going to do a certain amount. You know, we've done this amount. Now she, you know, she's planning on going for a master's, and and I'm glad she's getting married because it's on him now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just yeah. telling you the truth. Well, you know, I don't have to pay for housing. I don't have to pay for a school. I don't have to. You get married, it's on you. It's, 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 now you have, you have taken that responsibility from me. Mm-hmm. So what, what I'm hearing you say, Rodney, is 
your you and your wife are responsible to take care at least the bachelor's degree your to to your children until at least they get a bachelor's degree. You're responsible for that, so you're saving for that for all three of your children, and that's very responsible. Is that, is that what I heard you say, right? Yep. Okay, so since you're a very, I mean, you're a very responsible person, we don't have a lot of dads out there that, that's that responsible, and I applaud you. But at the same time, I, I've also known some families that the children said, my parents expected me to go to college. And I, and I went to college, even though I wasn't a good student, and I really didn't want to tell my parents I didn't want to go, but I went because they told me I had to, and then when I went, I bummed out and I wasted that money. I, I didn't. I, I didn't have. They didn't have to go to class every day. They had a lot of freedom. They were uh, in the dorms. They joined sororities, you know, and it, and they just got the books just got away from them. And then uh, one semester behind, two semester behind, and then I think by the time that second semester, you have to pay those two semesters. Depends on if you got a scholarship or not. Um, but you have to pay those two semesters before you come back, plus pay the third semester all up front before you come back to school. And that's how their parents finally found out that they were failing out of college. Now, who is to blame for when your children say, Dad, Mom, uh, I'm pressured to go because you saved all this money. You talked about my savings for college. You talked about what I'm going to do. But I so it never was an option for me to choose otherwise, and now I'm stuck in this position, but I failed out of school. To blame when that child fails out of school and the parents' money is wasted, and they find. Dan, find did you talk to my parents? <laughs> <laughs> I'm upset, man. You ain't supposed to put me out like that. <laughs> no, it just happens a lot. It happens a lot, and 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 Rodney. Rodney yeah, is one I mean, of those that lives in this bubble. I mean, I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with living in the no, bubble. No, you live you in the bubble, not me. I have expectations. <laughs> and I tell you that my parents had that same conversation with both myself and my brother. However, to your question, let me tell you something. Every kid ain't going to college. So, And the fact of the matter is, is that my brother and I, um, thank God, were very swift. You know, I graduated uh, I was second in my middle school class. I was fifth in my high school class. So it, it was no question that I wasn't going, you know, for additional schooling, you know. And, and my brother, you know, was a smart guy as well. He's a software engineer today. So the thing about it is that you have to know your child. Now, if you got a child that's just scraping by, you know, can barely do the high school work, they're obviously not going to do college work when their uh, parents are not around to supervise their schooling and this sort of thing. So to me, you can't – again, my parents told me from day one, as far as I can remember, you're going to college, you know, period, the end. And, um, you know, I mean, that was no question. It was like high school, then college. Like, it, it was out of the question. But at the same time, like, I was – I was to, to some extent, I was ready for college. You know, there was some situation where I'm like, man – I don't think I was ready for this, but I, I graduated in four years. And, um, you know, so the, I, I think you really have to know your child, and you can't really put a child out there, expect them to – you can't just say, 
all right, you're my child, you're going to college. Because you have to know your child. Every child is not going to college. You know, Rodney, Rodney, you've explained my situation exactly, except all I wanted to do was get out of my parents' house. Okay. (laughs) And all I could wait was I I couldn't stand hearing, as long as you live in my house, you can live by my rules. And in my house, college was not an option. It's what you did after 12th grade. Mm. All that nonsense that Darren just explained was me. Gotcha. It wasn't an option. Not for me. Now, if you talk to my parents today, they say, oh, that wasn't an option. It wasn't an option. It was expected. That's what you mm-hmm. did after 12th grade. Okay. My dad has, has a bachelor's and two masters, and that's what you did after 12th grade. Mm-hmm. And all I want to do is get it in my parents' house under, from under their thumb. And I think, I think that we have I a, think that's a lot of why a lot of what happens with a lot of kids. There's a, you know, a lot of a lot of times we try to rule, we try to be uh, an authoritative dictator, and sometimes that brings on fractured relationships, and then the law of unintended consequences creeps in. You know, my my perspective on raising kids is. I'm the benevolent dictator. So they don't know that they're living under oppression. You know, mm-hmm. I give them I give, I give them the cho- I give them choices, but whether they choose A or B is still something I'm going to approve no matter what. And so these are ways in which we need to I mean it's almost like you know, mind games a little bit, but those are things that we need to do to not beat our kids up, but things we need to build them up. You know what I mean? There's a lot of mm-hmm. there's a lot of beat up black kids coming out, man. It's, it's I mean that's just where it is. And they go first of all before they even are able to compete with everybody else, they got to deal with the fact that my ego's been beat up by at home. My ego, my ego's been beat up by my teachers. My ego's been beat up by my friends, and so I got to deal with myself before I can go out and compete with everybody else. Mm, I, I disagree. I, with I don't that. think that. I, I don't think that having a higher standard for your child is a problem. I think that, and I, I think that college should be. Uh, just like in Rodney's story, it should be a requirement. It should be, okay, you're going to go to high school and then you're going to go to college. Or you're going to go to high school and you're going to go to the military. Or if you don't really do the military thing, it's got to be college. But it's got to be something. I believe that when you say, I used to be a great point guard in high school and you're going to be a great point guard in high school. Or I ran track and you're going to run track. Or I played football and you're going to play football. Right, you know what I'm right. I think those are the kind of things that, you know, can be a little bit over the top for a parent. But I think education and, should and be I, something agree, that should uh-huh. be negotiated with because they're going to need that to further themselves in life. And, and I agree with you 100%. That's not what I, yeah. what I meant by that. What I meant by my statement was I believe in expectations. Absolutely. My kids, I mean, my oldest son, he already, he knows he wants to be a private equity manager when he grows. He already knows that. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm about to go. He knows that. 
That's good. So, but at the same time, I don't, if my kid says I want to do X and Y, I don't say, you don't want to do that. Why do you want to do that? I just say, well, tell me about what do you, what do you, you know, tell me about that. What, what, what do you know about that? And to get them to start to think. I don't, I don't, I, and I don't tell my kids, this is my house, these are my rules, and I'm in control. I mean, that's a, that's, that's a, 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 an oppressive state that does nothing for a kid. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't tell my kids, when you're 18, you got to get out. My, my, I tell my kids, you know, in order to get ahead, these are the commonly what the things you need to do to get ahead. And then I yeah. show them examples of people that they do what they need to do and they get ahead, and I show them examples of people that, that mess up. And yeah. so I give them a graphic of what the expectations are based on the, the gravity of the decisions they make. So I don't have to tell them they need to get out at 18. They already know what the deal is by me painting the examples for them. Yeah. And I agree with that, too. I mean, you know, that whole get out at 18 thing, I haven't really... Well, that's not, you know... I mean, you get out when you're ready. You ain't going to be here 25, but you got to be at least moving towards getting ready. But you have to be ready. I'm not going to throw you out there and you ain't ready. Because then you go end up coming back anyway or something's going to happen to you you know, that I'm going to have to fix anyway. You see what I'm saying? Um, so I definitely agree with that. But my daughter, when when she graduated high school, uh, she had like a 2.5. And I was like, what you going to do with that? You know, she played, 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 she played. She was like, well, you know, I want to go to school for interior design. I was like, Really? I said, I've never seen anything ever, any sketchbook, any portfolio, any evidence that this is what you Mm -hmm. want to do. You Mm -hmm. see what I'm saying? So I was like, you know, I want to support you, but you haven't given me a reason to support you. Okay? Mm. She found a way to graduate (laughs) with, you know, her degree in interior design because that's what she wanted to do. You know, I, now, I could have said, I think you need to go in this direction. I think you need to go in that direction. But she proved to me that that is something. Because I told her, I said, if this is what you want, you got to go get it. Mm-hmm. Period. You know what I mean? You have to go and get it. I will help you along the way, even though I may not really believe in what you're talking about because I haven't seen any proof ever. To me, it just sounds like a, a wild idea. Maybe one of your friends said interior design, okay, and now you want to follow them. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. But but I had to be supportive and be subjective at the same time. But to make a long story short, I do agree with Harrison. If they deviate from the from your past, right, make sure that they have done the research and they know what they're deviating to and then try to support them, opposed to point them back in your direction because then they're going to end up doing something because you told them to do it and they're going to fail miserably and then you're going to have to clean it up anyway later on by letting them back in the house 24. Mm. Well, I definitely disagree uh, with with some of the things as far as uh, allowing your kid to know their expiration date uh, because, you know, with, with, no, with no focus or no goal or no expectation of me. And I guess it depends on the child. Like when, 
what Rodney was saying. If you know you got a knucklehead and, and you know, they they messing up in school and they're doing all these other things, and you just, you know, and, it, and it's hard to get them on task, even with the easy work, you know, and, you know, man, you, you are not college material. If you know that and if you know what, what, what that child is going to need to fix them, but also you know that that child is going to be grown soon, and if, if their behavior is off the chain at 10 and then you're pregnant by a certain, uh, I mean, you got some girl pregnant by 15 or 16 and you're so rebellious, then, of course, you're going to have to set a limitation on that child. You're going to have to say, you know, look, man, 18 is, 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 is that's it. You know what I mean? You, my job now is I'm just, I just want to get you out of high school because everything I've said to you, you have done the exact opposite of. I told you not to smoke, and you go smoke because I said not to, you know. But when, when, when that happens, you know, I think the blame at that point needs to be put on the parent to how they're going to cultivate the child or to um, uh, have the child acclimate the child to their to their mindset. A lot of children just want to be, or a lot of children that become adults, they want to do it their way. And the only way that's right to them seems like, okay, it's going to be my way. And at that point, you have to make a decision, okay, well, uh, I have to rear this child or steer this child into the direction of knowing that, hey, when you graduate, you have to go because you live by your own rules and you're not even listening to me now. Can can I throw a monkey wrench in here? Yeah, go ahead. Based off what you just said, what the kid steers their way to and what you're trying to, what happens if a divorce happens in, in, in the marriage and it traumatizes the kid? Well, that and, that, and that's what we were dealing with. The planning of them going to college still remain the same because now their, their thought process is, is different. Well, and, and, and that's what I'm dealing with. You know, my, my, we, my children, like I said earlier, they've been through a divorce, and, and they can, I mean, when, my, when we went through this divorce, um, they got behind in school. Well, one of my kids got behind in school, and I said, okay, this year I understand I'll pay for the summer school. You know, it's kind of dad's fault and mom's fault. It's kind of, you know, our fault. It's, it has nothing to do with you. But, you know, but next year you're going to have to pick it up on your own. I'll pay for summer school for you to get in your right grade this time. But you can't repeat this next year and the next year and the next year because you got to grow some callus. You have to, you know, uh, everybody has to get adjusted to this new lifestyle, and everybody's been traumatized. Everybody's been shocked. And then when you throw new husbands and wives into the scenario, now you're looking at, man, i got to get adjusted and acclimated to this new person and their rules that I don't even like this person because, you know, because they're favorites between this and that and whatever the third is. But you have to make some adjustments, and you can't ride that out and say, it's your fault. I mean, if you if a child rob a store uh, of some candy and some food at 13, the police come, they say, where you live at, call your mama, hey, he caught, got caught still in the store, beat him, beat his behind. Okay, that happens at 13, but you can't try that at 20 and still blame it on the fact, well, my mom and dad got a divorce, and that's why I'm all jacked up. You can't do that when you're 18 and about to graduate and say, well, give me another shot. I mean, I want to go to college, but you ruined my chances in college because you got divorced 10 years ago. 
In some, at one point in time, you got to stand up on your own two feet as a as a child growing into a man or a child growing into a woman, and say, you know what, I, I gotta I gotta go either do this or not. Like Tony's daughter, she want to be an interior decorator. You got to show me something. I mean, because all you have shown me this, thus far, that's not pointing towards interior decorating anything. You know, that's pointing towards military. But if you want to go to college, then you got you got to be on your own doing your thing. I told my kids, if you want to go to college, my son was talking about MIT at the age of twelve or thirteen or whatever it was. I said, okay, well you got to produce the grades that says MIT. And if you can't produce that, then don't don't expect me to put the sixty thousand dollar a year bill just because you want to go. So so I got a question. Whose fault is it if your kids don't respect you? Mm. Yours. So if we, if, yeah, good, yeah. So if we don't have the respect of our kids, but we're still trying to enforce certain things on them, we're still trying to instill things that are values that our parents instilled or forced on us. How does that work out? You know what I mean? Is that a a part of dealing with the rebellious, rebellious child? And they don't rebel. What? Go ahead. What say, Peter? I said, I said they're going to rebel, and 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 it's going to take them a long time for them to get over it. The only reason why I say that is, is that, um, like, I had a boy who just worked for me, who, um, you know, father, mother got divorced you know, while he was still in school. And he, he, you know, now his parents were the streets. And he got in trouble, but, you know, his dad always stuck beside him and kept talking to him, but you can tell he just never listened to his father. Every time he would say something, he would do the opposite. Mm, didn't respect him. Yeah. yeah. You know, to the point where... um you know, the street it has taken over. That now he has attitude with everybody. You know, and then he he's always on the defense. And I literally, you know, was trying to talk to him and and, and help him. But he'll say, Okay you know, a good kid. Good kid, work hard, whole not. But he had the street mentality that just affected him now now he's grown. And he doesn't know how to get out of it. Hmm. Father's still there, helping him, talking to him. But what do you but do I with believe... a kid who has so much potential, hard work and everything, but just can't get that street out of it? I strongly believe that when a kid um, doesn't respect their child, I mean, doesn't respect their mother or, pa- or their parents, um, it's predicated off of something, as we've been talking about all night. It's predicated off of something. Something sparked that disrespectful attitude, whether it's rebelling because of their age or whether it's rebelling because you tell them they can't do something and they want to do it, uh, or whatever the case is. But uh, I, I said earlier that it, it, it was the parents' fault, but and I was trying to say it was the parents' fault uh, I've seen sometimes it is the parents' fault when they didn't correct their child. You know, um, I know some. I know a parent that um, anytime the child say, "Well, I don't want to eat that," then okay, what else do you want to eat? Well, 
you know, I, I want that over there, and then you end up cooking a whole other meal. Well, that's not a, that's not how you start out. You know, <laughs> you start out by telling your child you eat what I tell you to eat, and if you don't eat, then you go to bed. You know, um, but if 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 you don't want to, if you're not going to correct your child, then don't be shocked at the expectation you have when that child starts telling you what to do later on. So in that case, I believe it will it will be the parent's fault in that particular case. Malcolm, go ahead. Um, I agree because this guy, I mean, the father. When I talk to him, you know, he he goes back to always. He takes the blame for. It. He takes full responsibility and says. You know, he should have done things differently when he, you know, uh, divorced his first wife because, you know, when he had his, you know, his other kids with his new wife, he put more time and effort into them and then to his, you know, oldest boys. I think sometimes we do it to ourselves by, you know, neglecting the old and going to the new. But how is that supposed to be fixed? I mean, if if parents want to, uh, you know, the father and, and, and mother want to move on, should they be limited um, to where they go or what they do based on uh, the welfare of their child? Or, you know, if I don't do this right or if I don't do that right, if I don't uh, um, do the right thing I'm supposed to do by this child, or if I marry the person I if I don't marry the person I really want to be with, I risk losing this person, but I satisfy this child and the child won't go astray. At what point do you say, Hey, I am a person that wants to be satisfied. I am a person that you know, I had my faults, but at this point I'm not gonna take the blame because I wanna be, I want happiness now. I'm not gonna take the blame and say, you know, it's gonna be my fault if my kids don't do it, you know, um be be respectful to society and grow up to be this person that they need to be. I'm not going to accept that blame if they choose not to do what I told them to do and they want to point the finger at me and say it's because you got married to that dude or you got married to that other woman and you wanted happiness. I think our problem is when we, we, we wait too late to fix the problem. How do you fix that, though? Well, I mean, if I've never been divorced, so I don't know how to really answer this question. But, you know, my parents are divorced. And uh, I guess at the time, if 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 my father would have probably came to me early and said, listen, you know, you get ready to be a man. Sometimes relationships don't work. And kind of explain it that way. And say, listen, I'm still your father. I still love you. I'll still be, you know, at some of your events or all your events. But right now, you know, and you'll find out yourself when you get a little older. And kind of, you know, talk to the boys instead of just say, I'm out. A lot of guys just say, I'm out. No, I, I think I think sometimes, you know, the, the, the certain things happen when the child is at a real young age and don't understand or ain't going to remember what that father or that mother tell them, you know. Um, I, I think that uh, 
in that new relationship, the parent that doesn't have the children or don't have don't have custody of the children, they make sure or they seem to make sure that that marriage in that household where that those children live uh, absolutely have the best chance of not making it because they tell the children that they can do something to authorize them to do something that they don't supposed to be doing or go against the house rules. That kind of goes against the grain of what that parent is that's raising the children is trying to do, and that causes conflict and disrespect to the to the step parent automatically. Uh, your your father, you say your father didn't tell you that, you know, and you was in a in a in a in a house. Was, did your mom get remarried? I'm sorry for the delay. I had it on mute. But you know, when I when this happened, I was already you know out you know leaving college and everything. So I kind of already had passed the point. But what oh, okay. the thing was is that I'm just that's why I said I don't know if I'm a, the best example, but um, but but you, you know, see kid. that you see it you see it happening growing up though. You see you see the disconnect between husband and wife, mother and father. Um, and it does take a toll on it. But is, should that parent just should that parent just waste in misery, or just say, hey, just to make sure my children don't feel the effects of this divorce, uh, I'm going to ingrain my whole life into these children and postpone my happiness because I don't want to be blamed for their shortcomings. No, I don't think it's that, but I don't think. I think a third party should be always, I mean, at, at the time, I never liked a third party. But, I mean, as I look at it now, if somebody is going through that type of situation, you know, the father and son may, hey, I know you, you're rebelling against me. Let's go and talk it out, but let's talk it out through a third party. When you say a third party, what do you mean? Like a like a uh, psychiatrist or yeah, that that doesn't work either. I mean, well, well I don't know case. if it works, but uh, that would be something like get somebody else in between you and, and he or she so that um, they can understand. It may not come out clearly right out your voice directly looking at them eye to eye. But if you have an interpreter, somebody who can interpret what you're saying, man, children, not, I mean, you may not take it at the time, but. It goes into that database, you know what I'm saying? It goes back to the back of their mind where later on when it comes back up and we dare to take the conversation that you had earlier, then uh, they have a better understanding. A lot of kids just don't have an understanding. They take that burden with them throughout their marriage. Well, I, I mean, if I hadn't, if I hadn't um, witnessed... It firsthand, uh, children are smarter than we give them credit for. You know, if I hadn't witnessed it firsthand that uh, the psychiatrist went in there and, you know, we was assigned to see a counselor or a psychiatrist or a child's counselor or whatever, and uh, we was ordered by the court to see these um, psychologists. And uh, we all sit down as a family, but when you see the psychologist really not taking interest in what you're saying, and he's looking at the clock and he's drawing, he's drawing um, whatever he's drawing on his pad, and it's not 
anything pertaining to what you're telling them, it, it's kind of like, well, what am I here for? And then, you know, now it seems like the world is not listening to your children or you. You seem like you just did a waste of time. And I've had my 10-year-old son at that time to tell me he wasn't even paying attention to me. And it was just obvious. You know, he went back there by himself. But when I went back there to speak to him, he wasn't paying attention to me either. Maybe we had the wrong guy. Maybe they know that, hey, this is all temporal, you know. But it didn't work in my case. Uh, Maybe I just had to – Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go. No, maybe I just had the very worst lawyers. I mean, not lawyers, but the the very worst case situation that happened all the way around, just so I could share it with the world. But it's just the fact that I'm an advocate for it not working. For things that the system got set in place that we can also fall back on and say, "Hey, you helped me out of this jam." Well, it didn't work in a lot of in, in my case a lot of the times. So 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 what's the difference between a son and let's just say son that wants to grow up and be just like his dad and do everything with his dad and everything like his dad and all of that versus a son that don't want anything to do with his dad? What's the difference? What is the difference between the two? Between the two. Well, um, in my opinion, I think that the son that wants to be there for his dad, I mean, be like his dad, is the one that, first of all, stayed with his mom. Uh, uh, secondly, um, um, do a whole lot of things with him and cater to uh, talking to him because what happens is, in in my opinion again, when that root is pro- – when something happens or when a shift is placed in the life of a child, uh, rebellion sets in almost instantly. And then now you can't be a, a father, you won't have a father-son relationship. You will have a man versus wannabe man relationship. And you spend most of your time uh, telling them what is wrong while he's telling you that it's not wrong and trying to prove it all at the same time. And so I kind of don't, kind of don't understand that answer. Um, I'm just trying to figure out what's the difference. So, 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 if you say um, a kid that respects his father and wants to be like his father versus a kid that doesn't respect his father doesn't want anything to do with it, you said what? I think you said one thing is that he stayed with his mom. Yeah, he, he, it has to be. It has to be a stable environment where. It won't cause that child to uh, go astray one way or another. I mean, well, let's not let's not put it on on a divorced house. Let's say the house is still whole. Don't put it on. Let's not let's not let's not find something to attach the blame to. You know what I'm saying? Like a divorce. Let's just find a father-son relationship. I think that's what I'm getting at. The father-son relationship. What is the difference between a man that has one versus a man that doesn't? I think you just answered your own question. The the key part is relationship. You know, if if a, if a boy doesn't have a relationship with his father, then obviously, you know, he's going to 
not want to be around him, not want to interact with him, not want to engage with him. So versus a, a boy that does, you know, like my son, for example. You know, my son just turned two on uh, Sunday. He loves his daddy. He loves hanging out with daddy. And I told you all before, like, I really can't even go upstairs without him. Daddy, daddy, because we have a relationship. Um, when I'm here, you know, I try to engage with him. and Well, I can't help it. I can't not engage with him. You know, I can not engage with my girls. They're a little older. But with him, no, I can't do anything but hang out with him. So if I got work to do or if I got stuff to do, I don't even attempt to do it because I know that he's going to be climbing on me or want to wrestle or just want to spend time with daddy. So, I mean, to your question, the difference is there's one, there's a relationship, there's a bond that has been forged, and the other, there's not. So, so now, keep it there for a minute. Ten years from now, do you see the relationship being the same or stronger? With you um, and I? I mean, ten years from now, so he'll be twelve. I would say at least it'll be consistent. But I mean, I I would hope it'd be stronger. You know, the older that he gets, um, the more stuff that we can get into as a father son. I would yep. hope that it would be stronger. Gotcha. Twenty years from now, what do you think it'll be like? <laughs> I hope. I'll, I'll say again. I I hope it will be stronger, but I. The teenage years, y'all have given me some some pause. Um, I don't know what's going to happen in the teenage years. I think maybe he'll, you know, dip out on me during those times, and then maybe he'll come back by 22. And uh, definitely, definitely, you know, he'll, he'll <laughs> So I think those, but, but, those but teenage again, years, you know, it's going to be rough. But go ahead. But again, right now, what I'm hearing is there's a foundation that's already there at a young age. And these are the yes, things sir. these are the things that he's gonna hold on to. You follow what I'm saying? Absolutely. You don't have to do much because he's already got it in his mind. If daddy makes mo- makes a move to the left, I'm making a move to the left. If daddy goes upstairs, I'm going upstairs. Just like Pete Town and his son. If I'm gonna go cut the grass, that if daddy cutting the grass, I'm gonna get out there and cut the grass. If daddy's wearing a suit to church, I'm going to wear a suit to church. You see what I'm saying? So these things that, that – that, and I think that that's the difference. So when they get older, 17, 18, they're going to come and say, hey, daddy, you know what? I got this girl in school that I like. What do you think I should do? Versus going out there and screwing up, getting in trouble, and coming back, and then you have to find out from somebody else. You see what right. I'm saying? So I, I, I just think that the difference that we have right now with the disrespectful child, and we got to tell them, Look, by 18 or 19, you got to bounce. Is the is the is the is the is the is the the respect of that foundation? Well, let me not say the respect, just the development of that early foundation. Or in Darren's case, maybe maybe the divorce, maybe he had it, and then that divorce kind of threw a whole monkey wrench in it. So now he's trying to rebuild it or get it back to where it's supposed to be, and it's kind of like the kid is getting older now. So you got to try right. to get it back. He's getting older at the same time where, okay, now life keeps on happening. Yeah. Right. That's what I'm saying. Absolutely, 100%. And that's, you, you hit the nail on the head. You know, 
once that once a trauma happens, it, you, it, everything is off kilter, and you're not you either not looked at the same, or you know the child can't come back from that pit or whatever it is, and and other options are looked at outside of daddy's options because he didn't make the right decision in the in the child's mind, and and now daddy is is uh, all of, all of the things that I thought about daddy is is not not no more it's it's not that and this is my opinion you know it's not the same way so now maybe he's skewed in all of his advice that he has given me and now i'm looking at him in a different way that i did before when i thought everything he said was right and everything he did was right exactly exactly and and it's a it's a difficult situation um with a divorce, I've been through it, and I know firsthand, but I didn't deal with this portion of it, but I do know a lot of people deal with the fact that the mother who is scorned will try to poison that boy. Oh, yeah. Especially if she knows that's your main man. She may say mm. something like, but your dad ain't who you think he is. And your dad is this, and your dad is that, and she'll try to do that because she knows that if she spoils that relationship, it would actually kill you inside. And and exactly on the head again. <laughs> so, you know, it was it was a period of time when when both cho- children were, were with her uh, during the summers. They were with her, and when they come back, the attitudes and the conversations that we would have would be totally different. And and disrespectful to a point, but we were like, what what is going on? And by us not um, communicating with with uh, the mother or their mother to to know what did she tell the children, you know, now they have in their mind those seeds that were planted over the summertime. They're now growing silently. In my under my own nose, and then when stuff happens, it's like, where did this come from? And now I'm trying to kill the weeds that you know that seed produce, and then you know, but by that time it's too far out of control because everything is done on the hush hush. You know, you don't have to call her mom. You 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 don't have to do if you do bad in school. Make sure if your dad touches you, you tell me. And then I'll, I'll put him in jail, or I get this to happen to him, and I get. And even though there nothing happened like that, it's just those seeds. Okay, nah, I'm afraid because that is, you know, I can't try him like that. But then those seeds were planted, and then now, from being six to seven and eight, and getting those things watered, and now it's just blossoming out of control. You got a whole, you got a whole thing you have to deal with that you didn't think was part of the equation. Now you got to stop being dad and be police. You know, mm. you got to stop being daddy and be, you know, uh, I got to be the weed. I got to be the weed killer. You know, I got to go out here and, and destroy some stuff and replant. You know, and it's hard to do that when somebody watering weeds. Mm. And um, I will tell you, because um, we hold blame, divorce thing. Because the topic is, you know, the blame game. But my daughter, my not my oldest, but the one after that, I kind of had a relationship with her, kind of like Rodney and his son. Um, I did work a lot, but when I was off, 
you know, I would take her with me to the mall, to the movies. We went everywhere, ate, shopping, everywhere, every week. That's what we did because my oldest was already to the point where she didn't want nothing to do with me. She's becoming a teenager. She's with her friends. She was going through that stage. So it was just me and the youngest. And then I divorced the mother. And y'all know the story. After that, everything went haywire. And I think that she was on a personal mission. My youngest daughter was to do everything she could possibly do to make me mad, mm. including getting pregnant. She did everything she knew, and she was not shy about it. She felt in her heart that she hated my guts, but she couldn't, uh, she couldn't articulate why. You know, and we had to come over and say, because you blame me for divorcing your mother. I mean, it is what it is. You just don't know how to put it into words. You don't know how to express it. But all these things, all these things that you're doing – running away for the weekend. I mean, everything you could possibly imagine outside of drugs, because she didn't do any drugs. She didn't get high. Thank God for that. Um, but, you know, playing missing games between me and her mom, I think she's with her mom. Her mom would think she was with me, you know, and she'd be out who knows where. But anyway, this is, that, that was her way of getting back even with me. Mm. So, Darren, but Darren, the thing that because right now I'm back to her favorite person again. Because mm. she couldn't defeat it. You see what I'm saying? Right. She, couldn't, right. she couldn't defeat the love that I have for her. And that was that, and that, was that I'm going to use the word agape love, because she did so much that an average person would have been like, look, you, you, you out, you stay out. I don't need to see you no more. Don't come back in ever again. You know, but I had to show her that I'm on top of this. And you ain't going to beat me with this. Whatever you think that you're going through, I'm going to stay here till you're done going through it. And then we're going to finish where we started. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. but to or anybody, I'm just saying, at a certain point, you have to get back to the fundamentals of the love that you have for this person. And they have to know it. And they have to know that no matter what they do. You know, I told my daughter one day, I said, you can shoot me. And come see me laying in the hospital on my deathbed, and I will still love you. The same. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She couldn't beat that. It was just too much for her to beat that. You know, when she got pregnant, she blamed, and she says, yeah, I know he don't want it. She, she actually put this on her Twitter page, somebody told me. I know he's going to be ashamed to be a grandfather. Mm. It's so hard. Mm-hmm. And, it, and mm-hmm. she got back to me, right? It got back to me. You know? So when she had the baby, I was the first one in the hospital. Not the first one, but I got there when I could get there, like the next day or whatever. I said, let me see this baby. I said, okay, now, you know, we're going to have some fun. i show you how to, you know, whatever you need to do, let's go buy some stuff. She just couldn't. Everything she threw at me, I just, it was like, it was like a force field, which just bouncing back off. Because <laughs> I, knew, I knew what she was trying to do, but I knew that she couldn't articulate why she was mad. So after all that love that I kept giving her, she was like, I can't beat him. And then she, yeah. gave, she gave me a card one day for Father's Day, and she said, you have always been the one person that's always been there for me through everything. And it always comes back. But sometimes we think we lose it. Just like you may be thinking right now, Darren, man, the mother, the mother can't beat that love that you have for that boy. No matter what she says. If you, as long as you stay stand firm, 
and be deliberately to show them how much you love them, she will not win. Let me let me drop a monkey wrench uh, right there, and if you like, we we're talking about the blame game, the blame game, and at any point during the divorce process, or you know, dealing with your daughter rebelling, um, at any point, did you blame God? Did I blame God? Yeah. No, 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 no. I never blame God for anything. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But some people do. Not me. I know better. Okay. Not me. Not me at all. Never in my life have I never. No. No. See, see, we all just like just like Dan was saying earlier. We 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 all have choices to make. Okay. And I've made a choice to get divorced. Period. I made a choice to not only get divorced, but then now I got to deal with all the compli- all the all the complications and the repercussions of getting divorced. And losing your children for a certain amount of time is one of the repercussions of getting divorced. I mean, it is right. Right. right, right. You don't know that when you do it, or maybe you do know it, but the marriage is so horribly bad, you're like, I'll deal with it and I'll try to fix it as I go. But I got to get out of here. And 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 you you're right. Uh, I think that um, girls and 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 the father and daughter relationships are different than son and 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 father relationships. Um, being having both of them, I, I I love them both equally, but they are different loves. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's a it's a um, the way they are, I love them the way they are, but they are two different children, and I have to express it in two different ways. And my daughter might see me love my son in the way that she don't see me loving her, and it's not a jealousy, but it's just noticeable. And with boys, you have to be, depending on their mentality, you have to be uh, a lot more assertive and firm i can i can i can say to my son some things that you know that can that can pretty much just destroy my daughter i mean she'll start crying and she don't need a whooping but my, my son he, he when at a time when they were getting whoopings he needed to be whipped and words wouldn't penetrate anything with 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 him it it would be the belt that would penetrate him or exercise would penetrate him and his thought process, it will activate his thought process. My daughter, I can say something like, you've disappointed me, and tears would just flow and flow and flow and flow and flow. You know, but so you, it, it's a different thing when it's daughters and sons. You have to show them differently than, than you do the other. Um, if, if my daughter was to do all those things that your daughter did to you then or tried to do to you, then I, I probably would, would stand firm because he needs that emotional side of me. Uh, the son, however, needs a different type of emotion, not not necessarily um, a pampering and an agape, but it needs to be an agape, but in a in a different way. And that's what you know. That's what we tr- I'm trying to grasp. 
You know, it's hard to grab something that way. Vice, it's easier for because you know already know what you got to do with a girl. All, automatically, men know what their uh, fathers have to. They know what they have to do with their daughters. But the sons is different. It's a different mentality and a different mindset that you have to carry your love to them through you. Different showing, a difference between a modern home and a tutoring home. You know, it's two different homes. They both lovable. They both fifty five hundred square feet, but one of them is modern, and one of them is a tutor style. Well, I've never raised a boy, so I mean, you know, I can only guess. But um, and you're right with girls. It's it's like it's like the ultimate heartbreak when a father leaves his daughter. Yeah, and 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 again. I didn't, when I got divorced, I just changed residences. Well, wherever I went, and actually, the mom moved out of the house. So it was the same house. I didn't move out. You know what I mean? She moved out. You know, so I was like, you still got your same room. You know what I mean? Everything, you're still going to go to the same school. Mm -hmm. You know, you just won't see me every day, but you're going to see me every weekend. Because I was like, yeah, I'm not going to be one of those, you know, Every other weekend, and I said every single weekend we're gonna get together and do what we did. Yeah, but it was mm-hmm. the act of leaving her mother as how she felt betrayed, I guess. You know, so it's like I broke her heart, and you know, right, right, she was right. she was a teenager that was scorned. Let's just say a woman scorned. She was a young child that was scorned. She felt by the man that she loved the most, her first love, me. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? So that was the repercussion was she was on get back time for a lot for a lot of years. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know what it would be like for a son, but I would imagine it would be close. You know what I mean? Because you're the role model. You're everything. He's supposed to model his life after you. Supposed you know, to, right? You know, and when that doesn't happen, when they don't follow in your footsteps, you know, we got to find a way to get that back, that, that fire back. And it just may take a little bit more. I, I know you say that the love is different, but it, the end result is still the same, I would imagine. That's true. So we got to be so creative. That's true. And, and, and the best way that I do know how to do is to steer, stay the course. Stay the course and eventually, because if I waver, then that will give him it even more excuse to do whatever is going on in his mind and in his world. But if I don't waver, then that would always, he would always come back and say, you know what? You never stop loving me. And that's what, you know, you have done and shown your daughter that you will always been in that corner, no matter what she did to you. And with a son, you have to just steer the course. You have to stay faithful to your, your wife. You have to stay faithful and not cursing and stay faithful into uh, uh, sticking to your word, whatever that is, whatever is teaching him how to be a man is that he would accept. He has to see that in you. If you say that I'll never uh, hit a woman and if, and if that's what he's looking at to monitor, if you ever waver from that, that could be his, his, his uh, lifeline to, to manhood. And, and and that would be like, well, I know my father always said this, and he never did it. He always stuck by his word the best way he can. He always provided for it. And that's, that's steering the course 
men or boys that turn into men, they need to see results. They don't like to hear a lot of talk. You know, they they more of a result type of person. Uh, a daughter, you can you can say, oh man, I fell on my face, I made a mistake, please forgive me, and they will. But a son, it takes so much to to mm-hmm. make him see you as a man, so he can model that later on. Now he can be in this rebellious stage all he want to, but he's gonna have something to anchor to once he meet uh, life, and he's gonna say, wait a minute, my dad did it this way. Let me reach back and do it the way he did it because it all, it never failed him. Um. It kind of sounds like being a robot, and, and I'm not trying to put down what you do because you, you you are a great role model of a parent, and everything. But what I'm just saying is that sounds like being a robot. Now, 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 you could say all of that stuff that you did, right? All of this stuff, the staying the course, being this great role model, being this great parent, never cheating on his mother, blah 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 blah. But you know what he'll remember? The first time you say, "Hey, son, let's go out and have a beer together." Well, no, I would never say that. But I understand you wouldn't say that. But I'm saying that something like that. See, some you 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 it it's got to be something where you say, "Me and you are gonna go, and me and you are gonna do what men do." Even though you may not be a man yet, but this is what we gonna do. We may go to the park and look at fat booties all day. Me and you, <laughs> we'll sit in the park and look at fat booties all day, and we're not gonna tell your mother. Period. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Me and you, we're yeah. gonna go. We're gonna go fishing. We're gonna take a weekend. Me and you, and talk about whatever you want to talk about. I think you gotta add that in. That ingredients gotta be in there when you're trying to be stern at the same time. And some right. parents have a difficult time being a friend and a parent, and then they'll go friend too much, right? And then have mm-hmm. no control, and right. th- and not know when to turn the switch back on and be parent. I think if you if if somebody can master both, I think you'll have a bit a, a better chance of having that respect because they'll be like, yeah, he's my parent, but he also understands the things I'm going through. Just like us as men, we get on this call hoping that we can talk to somebody that understands what we're going through, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We as grown men want that, so you know, right. a teenage boy need it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's the point. That's a great point. Great point. Can I um can I change the can I change the direction a bit? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so I asked that question earlier, right? So so what's the difference between a man that has a submissive wife versus a man that doesn't have a submissive wife? What's the difference between a man that has a submissive wife than a man that doesn't have a submissive wife? And I know the topic is the blame, but we'll get to that. So we talk about your story earlier with the man whose wife wasn't submissive to him because she did not allow him to discipline those kids. Mm -hmm. But we didn't talk about the man that is allowed to discipline those kids and is allowed to be the man in this house because his wife is submissive. So what mean ingredient is this man missing? Who's the I mean, how do you blame the guy that 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 the guy A number one that has a wife that's not submissive? Who's who who's to blame there? Well uh, go ahead, anybody? Hey, before 
can I ask a question? Because every this whole conversation this keeps popping up, and we're gonna stay on. I'm gonna stay on the topic that you want. But is the word blame? Is there a negative connotation with that word and the way that we're using it? Yeah, that I mean, the word blame could be. You know, we're talking about, uh, and it is negative. You know, because um, don't nobody ever say, you know, that's my when the daughter graduates. They're never going to say, that's your child. <laughs> you know? They're going to always say, you know, that's my child. You know, when something positive is, is, is at stake, they always claim that. But if when something negative happens, they tend to blame that on someone else. Okay. So, so right. when, you ask about, when you ask about blame, it's either somebody's going to claim, which is positive, or blame, which is normally negative, or usually negative. But back to uh, Tony's uh, question, uh, who's to blame for a woman not being submissive? I believe that um, a lot of times when a woman is not submissive, it starts in her own household when she was raised. You know, um, if she was raised by a single mom, I've seen a lot of single parents raise their children to be, or especially their, their daughters. Uh, when I was growing up in the projects, it was, you know, you can get a kid and give me your food stamps and you and your baby can stay here. And, you know, and it, it becomes a, a cycle. Um, and in, in, the, in the whole hood thing, you know, it becomes, you know, all about child support, all about getting over with the system, all about collecting welfare and food stamps, you know. Um, but it starts out in the house. If the if the mother was a working mom and 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 she she teaches her daughter or her daughter sees, she don't have to verbally say it, but her daughter sees her coming in and out with different men, and her daughter uh, sees her smoking and drinking, and her daughter sees her, you know, being abusive. And her daughter see her cursing and in the streets and all out all type of nights and going to the clubs. That's a trained behavior. So when that girl grows up into being an adult, and a man try to come and tell her what to do and say, "Hey, baby, you can't be doing this." Well, when a man told her mom what to do, her mom was just like, "Forget you." So the first thing that's going to come in that child's or that woman's mind is, "Look, you don't tell me what to do. You ain't my daddy. My daddy ain't been around since I was born." You know, who are you thinking you're talking to? Then all this attitude come out because it was raised by a bitter woman. So I, I totally blame, uh, I would say I would put the blame on the way they were raised and what they accepted uh, to be life and, and, and instead of, you know, learning what the right thing is and, and following that. So you say if a woman is not submissive nine times out of ten, her past, she didn't have anybody that was an example of submission in a marriage. Maybe she just had no idea what to do. Well, she right. just, just didn't know what a woman's, a married woman's role would be. Right. And, and, and in my case, I, I didn't know what a married man's role was. I had my, the role of my father or my stepdad, who, who I claim to be my father. But, you know, as far as being young, and he didn't come into our life until I was 13, and you know. But I didn't learn 
anything from him because my mom was so overpowering. You know, I just thought, I mean, at first I was like, man, I'm not going to marry a black woman. And then I was like, well, maybe it's just my mom. And then I end up with a woman just like her. You know what I mean? So (laughs) it it was like, you know, just so overpowering that just like, you know, it's just like you're going to do, if you don't do what I ask, I'm going to do it and make you look bad. And and as a man, and then people are going to ask, you know, where did y'all get the money for this? And then you boast and brag it. I did it all by myself. You know, so uh, my mom was like that, and my dad just took a back seat, and I kind of just, like, followed suit because that's what, it was a learned behavior. So I can only imagine if, if a woman is not submissive, she didn't have a, a good teacher to show her, hey, this is what you need to do for your husband. Well, you don't have to tolerate him hitting you because he was supposed to be treating you like this. But in return, or even if he doesn't treat you like this, you know, treat him this way because this is your role. We don't have that anymore. Uh, I haven't seen it in a long time. Okay, okay. So what I'm hearing is that if a man has a woman, has a wife that is not submissive, that nine times out of ten, it's because of her upbringing and not because of what he's done. I think That's it's what I both. Yeah, huh? It's both. It's, it's both. If men, it's, it's both because even in the whole dating process, like, like I've been married to the same woman almost 13 years now, and I pay big attention to her character, like, outside of the church and how she carries herself around her friends and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So uh, that was huge for me because I'm like, I need to know what I'm getting into. You know what I'm saying? I I couldn't have been sold on her shape alone. That that wasn't going to cut it for me because I'm like, if I'm going to spend my life with you, you know, I need to know that you, you got some character. And, and she had other women in her life that brought her along, just like the other guy was saying, that he was saying how uh, if she didn't, if the, if the wife didn't have that example, then – you know, a lot of it would be her. She she would she would have a problem with submission because a lot of these young ladies, not the women bash or anything, but they don't have that example. And they think, especially when you're talking about African American women, you start talking about submission, man. They start thinking kunta kinte and whips and chains. And, you know what I'm saying? So so uh, we we have to tread lightly, and then don't even talk about like you know Bible scriptures on submission. And then they really start tripping. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think a lot of it has to do with some of the way he treat her as well. So mm-hmm. she might lose uh, she might lose respect for him because his decision making shot. I That's mean, true. he might be he might be screwing up all kind of stuff. He cheating, uh, not following through with the things he said he was going to do with the kids. I mean, he's just all over the place. And then right. he's talking about you know, a woman submit to me, and she like, and who are you? Wow. <laughs> Yeah, good words, good words. Because he's right, though. I mean, it, I think, and I think he hit the, the um, nail on the head. It, it, it's a combination, and I think either I think she could go either way. You know what I mean? Like she could come into the marriage with no no roles, role models of submission at all, right? And then you could be this husband that says what you're going to do, do what, you know, and you could be on, on your game the whole time, and then she could flip over and be submissive or vice versa. You know what I'm saying? It could be the other way around, you know, where she's had a role model and she knows what submissive is, 
and then you get in here and you don't do what you're supposed to do, and then now she's un, you know, she's like, man, I'm not saying right. to you. Right, right. Yeah, you see well, what I'm true. saying? But it kind of seems true. like the end result is we still have the power to flip it either way. Mm-hmm. You know, I think of it that way. Yeah, we yeah. we the 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 cards are in our hands whether we make them submissive or we make them unsubmissive, if that's even a word. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I was saying this is this is this is a good topic, man. Because uh, the 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 couples that I, I deal with and I talk to, man, I always tell them a lot of times you have to figure out before you say I do. Let's let's put this stuff out on the table. Let's talk about your issues, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and they all in love and all this other stuff. I'm like, well, can you tell him your faults? Can you tell her? your hang-ups, you know, can y'all be honest with each other because y'all got on these rose-colored glasses and you don't see nothing else. Everything, I mean, they can't do any wrong. But mm. then then you get married and then you find out that, uh, you know, she got an issue with money, now nah, you want a divorce. But mm-hmm. you should have got that out on the table before you got married because I'm like, I'm I'm a big fan of, like, getting pre, pre-marital counsel. I'm like, take mm-hmm. your glasses off. Uh, if he if he got an issue with women, you know he got an issue with women, and all of a sudden she thinks that he's he's quote unquote cured and all this other stuff, and then he start cheating on her again. You see, it, it's stuff like that, man. That we got to check out the door. You know, let's just be honest. I might have a struggle with this. I struggle with that, and it's okay to be like, you know what? Let's not do this. I'd rather for you to say no now than for me to be married to you, have kids, and then get divorced, screw up the kids, you know. Let's, it's okay to say no, and that's what I try to tell singles, man. If it ain't going to work, you took her on a date, so what? You took her, you know, so what? You paid for her dinner. But mm-hmm. I would rather for you to pay for her dinner and be like, you know what, this ain't going to work, mm-hmm. than for, for me and you to be laying up in the bed, screwing, messing up each other's credit, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. So a lot of it starts with the whole dating process. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that I think that in 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 great words and just to echo, I think that the um the only issue with that is for you to get vulnerable like that on that level with somebody, especially when you saying, I got a problem with the grass being green on the other side, I like to, you know, still go out there and, and tap some, you know, some different women. You know, for you to be able to be, or it could be anything. It could be pornography. It could be anything. For you to say that to someone that you're dating, you really have to be close enough to them that they're mature enough to handle this information and not say to you, nah, that's not what I'm looking for. You see what I'm saying? And I think that that's that representative piece that we always talk about on this show is that we're going to hold that playing card. We're going to hold that ace in our back pocket as long as we can. We're going to hold it as long as we can possibly and hope that it never comes out. You see what I'm saying? We'll go, I do, and we'll try to stay married to just like a woman. If a woman was sexually abused as a child, She's not going to feel, she may not feel comfortable enough to tell you that while you're dating or while you're in premarital counseling. So she's going to hold that in her back pocket as long as she can. 
Till that one day in year five, you wake up in the middle of the night, reach over and touch her. She jumps up and hits the ceiling. Like, oh, what are you doing? Ah, stop touching <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Then the cat's out the bag at that point. But by that time, you already in. You're done. You know, the mortgage is signed, the car, you got the car, you got all the bills together. By that time, you're done. Yeah. That's you know, good. So just, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it's just hard to be that honest. It's just hard to be that honest up front with somebody that you're just trying to get to know better and maybe go to the next level with. It's just hard to bring that stuff out. And it's and then, and you're right because it needs to come out. It needs to be dealt with in like the marriage, the, the counseling. You you need to say, look, this is what I've been dealing with my whole life. I've been molested or whatever, and it, you know, every now and then. It bothers me to, to to think about it, and I need you to be. I need to know if, if anything, just I need to know if you're going to be supportive with me and dealing with it when those times come. But would you blame her for not telling you that? It's hard. It's hard, man. It's hard to blame someone if they don't trust you with the information. It's just hard. But and I think, but I think a lot of it too. I think a lot of it too depends on if this is. If this is the person that you plan on marrying, like yeah. you know, you you you're about to you're about to take that step. Uh, you know, you you at this place where you're about to uh, go to premarital counseling. So obviously, there was some form of intimacy for you to think that this person is good enough to marry. Yep. And I think that's when you put the cards on the table. Not not saying that you know, like the fourth date. But I'm talking about yeah, this yeah. person is, you know, this person is straight up marriage material. You really pondering this thing, and I'm thinking, when you go, so, so I even tell people, you know, you go and buy her a ring, you better keep the receipt. Uh, <laughs> because, you know, I mean, for real, you know, keep the receipt because uh, this thing might not work. Uh, I mean, I, I know people, man, who fought off marriages. They found out that. You know, uh, uh, he was still in the closet. He was, you know, he he still like such and such. This guy, or you know, and it's like the marriage is caught off. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's, I think it's important to. It's when you get ready to take that next step. That's when I believe. That's when you really have to express those feelings. But I, I do agree. It's it's not for somebody you just dating. This is when you're ready to go to that next step when you about to get yeah. about to get married. Yeah, yeah, and the and the. And the shame of it all is that people are at that stage and they standing on that altar. They standing mm. on that altar next to that person, knowing they did not disclose all the information that they should wow. have disclosed. Wow. They standing there knowing it. They know it. They're like, man, I know it's gonna come out. I don't know how. I'm mm. gonna break it. Mm. But it, it's, 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 it's he gonna find out. She gonna find out. And they just yeah. like, it's like Russian roulette. It's like Russian roulette. I, I will just, you know, you know, yeah. I really don't like to have sex three times a week, and they're gonna find out. Mm-hmm. I'm doing this for the benefit of getting married, but you know, it's 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 crazy. That's real. That's real because it happens with a lot of with a lot of women who might have been molested, and you got people who you know might be in a church and stuff like that, and they trying to keep themselves in marriage, and they can't wait to have sex. So. They get married and then come to find out she like don't touch me, and he like mm. what's what's going on? He like you know one of the reasons I got married so you know our sex won't be a sin, and she like 
I don't like, you know, the the the. I don't like the way your face feels against mine because it brings back too many memories of my uncle. And now, uh, all of a sudden, now, you know, you like, wow, where did this come from? And now you really messed up because now you really got to get some therapy. And who knows if she's gonna even really recover from it? So now, you with a woman who has to deal with some things, and then are you will you be there for her? That's right. That's right. That's Through right. that process. That's right. That's you can't, That's you, right. Yeah, you got to stick with her. You know, even though it happened, I mean, man, we when I when I think about it at the end of the day, we we all got issues. We all got hang-ups. Um, so that's why I'm like, man, if you, you know, nothing against people who've been divorced. I mean, that it happens. It's real. But we all got flaws. I mean, man, my wife get on my nerves. I get on hers. But at the end of the day, I'm just like, I ain't going nowhere. You ain't going away. You are. And, and that's the crazy part that you say that because now you don't, she doesn't, and, and we could call it a lie. We could call it deception. We could call it whatever we want to call it, but it's still their right to either divulge the information or not. And then, we, and then now we've inherited this situation, right, because it's you, now you own it because you, you married her and with her flaws. You said it with the flaws to the death of part. You said it. You confessed it. It is what it is. It's your baby now. You, you mm. see what I'm saying? But it would have been different. So then you ask yourself, well, if she told me that she was been had been molested by her uncle before we got married, would I have married her? And then we so crazy because she fine. We probably said, yeah, I'll still marry her. <laughs> but what if the answer is no? What if the answer is no? That would have that would have been a game changer. Yes. You know, if the answer would have been no, now you're 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 either going to blame her for trapping you, or you're going to have a, the rest of your life your your marriage is that's going to be a a thought. You know, that's going to be a a thought that you was uh, you was tricked. Yeah. Wow. And, and is that marriage going to be successful at that point or not? Due to trickery, because you know that's something that should have been disclosed. At the very beginning, and when it when it's not, you're gonna start thinking, well, what else are you not, or you can you are capable of keeping from me? Mm-hmm. You know that's mm-hmm. important to me. You know why why would you keep that from me? And what else can you? That makes me think that you can keep a secret like cheating away from me. Mm-hmm. So now you got trust issues set in by default. Yeah. Yes. There's a couple ways to look at that. And I'm not I'm not gonna be on the on the on the on the pro side of, of that line stuff. But I will say this. If someone is willing to risk it all, right, and lie and keep things from you just to marry you, they must really want to be married to you. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, we can look at it any, either kind, but we can also look at it, man, she went through all that just to be my wife. You know what I'm saying? She lied. She kept stuff from me just to be my wife. She didn't have to be my wife. She could have just dated me. But she wanted to be my wife, and she did all that lying, all that conniving stuff. Now, yeah, she's a conniver, but that same conniving woman could be a conniver on your behalf at some point. Well, you need a conniving... <laughs> you, got, you got this one right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man>. Wow. 
That's 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 real though. I mean, I, I think one of the biggest reasons for divorce is uh, is conditional love. You know, I think that's one of the biggest reasons for divorce, man. Because um, a lot of times we we always look for stuff in return. You know, yeah. if if you do this, then I'll do that. If you do this, then I'll do that. When that's not that's that's not marriage. That's an exchange. Yeah. Um, and it's and it's not unconditional, and it's just like it ain't popular. You know, it ain't popular to talk about unconditional love. But a lot of times, man, we get into these relationships, and we like, well, they ain't loving me back. But that's who you married. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's that's who you. I, I don't I don't understand how people get on social media and will blast their spouse. And I'm like, how you gonna call them a fool? That's your fool. You married them. That's your fool. You married them. It's the only one you got. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, fellas, it's uh twelve twenty three, and the lines are going to be closing down in about seven minutes. Um, this has been a wonderful topic, wonderful conversation. I've learned a lot. I hope you did as well. Uh, if anybody don't have anything else, we're going to shut the lines down, and we're going to go into open mic for about seven minutes. Thanks, and join us again for next week. <laughs>